Welcome back to another episode of What's Your Jersey Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji. And uh, I hope you guys had a great Valentine's Day. I haven't talked to you since last week. I hope you all did all the things. Single, in a relationship, I don't know, hooking up, doing your thing, whatever it was. I did a lot of things. I'm still party bloated from my Valentine's Day New Orleans excursion with the main squeeze. Uh, I have a treat for you this week. I've talked about the main squeeze since the beginning of the podcast. Guess who's sitting next to me? He's here. I'm, I haven't introduced you yet. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Don't worry. <laughs> he got really excited. <laughs> um, before we get to you, uh, I just want to thank our sponsors. Guys, I have some great stuff for you this week uh rx bar which we've already had on the podcast as a sponsor but i'm obsessed with them they keep me going in between all the workout classes and they kept the main squeeze and i basically from passing out because of hunger in new orleans um and they fed us so rx bars they're awesome they're all natural and our favorite flavor is peanut butter um so my special promo this week for you guys if you go to rxbar.com you get 25 percent off your first order when you go to RX Bar, I can't even talk. I'm so excited. When you go to rxbar.com slash Jersey, again, Jersey is your promo code. And also, I have a new sponsor on the podcast, uh, Yoga Glow. Everyone, I I hate having to drive and find a parking spot to like go to a workout class. Well, Yoga Glow is something you can do anywhere anytime on your phone on your computer they're amazing i have a special deal for you we'll talk about it later because we're going to get a lot into yoga things anyway uh if you use the special code jersey uh you get your first two weeks of yoga glow free when you sign up on yogaglow.com slash jersey so anyway thank you rx bar thank you yoga glow uh we have a lot to talk about this week uh some of the things we're gonna go over we're recapping our um, officially titled Basic B V-Day NOLA trip. I think that's what we're calling it. Am I about to speak now? Yeah, you can talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> our Basic B NOLA V-Day trip. Uh, we're recapping that. We're going to be talking a lot of career and dating advice. Mm. Ooh. And then we're going to get into the Olympics. We're going to talk some Fergie National Anthem antics, March Madness. And apparently there's rules changed in baseball that I want to clue you guys into. Actually, my main squeeze is going to clue you into it because I don't know anything about this. He just dropped a bomb on me right before we started. Mm-hmm. That's, but- a, that's the bomb I usually drop. I, I surprise her with, ba- with uh, baseball news. <laughs> it's so exciting. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, I also I love inspirational things and i was listening i love other podcasts besides what's your jersey again thank you for subscribing reviewing sharing with your friends uh but i was listening to the allegedly podcast with theo vaughn another hilarious comedian and they had angela johnson on and i like to quote that she said on it we were talking they were talking about staying in your own lane and just kind of being confident and she said do you and do you well And I love that because she was talking about how no one else has your voice. No one else is you. So just be confident. 
you know, because one second you could be feeling like on top of the world and then you go on Instagram and there's like a spiral because you're comparing yourself to every filtered model person on there that's just doing other things. So just remind yourself, do you do you well run your own race and that's it. That's, I'm inspired. Yeah, you're inspired. I, I, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I feel I, like I you and I are both nervous too. I've already stuttered like three times. No, you're actually. It's like I'm I'm sitting right in front of you, and so it's kind of like you do this podcast all the time. Yes. Um, I don't listen as much as I, I used to because I, you know, get the time restraints. But <laughs> because, uh, you know, you have two podcasts yourself. I, I do my so right. so so I know what you talk about. I'm just curious of how much. I probably have been mentioned in what capacity, so I'm a little... Uh, <laughs> well, you should have listened before you came on. No, it's okay. I, I wanted to be surprised. All right, guys. That voice you're hearing right now, he is the co-executive producer on Comedy Central's The Jim Jeffrey Show. He is the co-host of the 8-Ball Sports Show podcast. What's the name of your new podcast? The new one, the new one that, that, that's dropping this spring is called The Answering Machine. Yes! And we'll get into that. Thank God that's the name later. you picked. See, it's so brand new. Uh, he was a producer on Adam Devine's House Party, a supervising producer on the Tavis Smiley Show. You've worked with Moshe Kasher, Nikki Glazer, Harlan Williams. He is a New Jersey native. And guys, a recent Bravo celebrity. He was on Vanderpump Rules last week. Yep. Holy shit. Shit. He's also my main squeeze, and he's really cute, and I like like him a lot. Uh, everyone, welcome to the podcast, Tommy Caprio. Hello. Hey, is there? A, is this where you put in the little claps? Yay, yeah, I'm clapping for you. I, I love the main squeeze thing. It's funny because it's like, are you, what are we dating now? Over a year? Yeah, it's year weird, a, right? And you st- and you always go by main squeeze. Is that because of a conversation that we had at one point? You're like, what do I call you? Yeah, that was when we were dating. You, it was the first time I think you would come to a comedy show of mine. I was opening for a past guest, Brad Williams, mm-hmm. and you and I hadn't had the official talk yet of what, we, what were. we were. Got it. And you were gonna have to be like in the green room with me, and I was gonna have to be introducing you to comics and people. And I kind of we went for dinner before, and I was just like, What do you want me to call you? And I think I was kind of kidding when I said, I'm just your main squeeze. <laughs> And here I am a year and a year and change later, and I'm just the main squeeze. I it's love it. Cute. It's cool. I'm happy you think it's cool. It's all right. It's, it's so much. Uh, it's, you know, we're, we're basic enough. We do, some, <laughs> we do a bunch of basic shit. So we the really fact basic. that we, we talk to each other like, hey, this is my main squeeze. It's kind of like it's 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 our own thing. That's Most it. people are probably rolling their eyes disgusted I know. how corny we are. Well, I also I, now the cat's out of the bag. Um, but I don't like name dropping your name all the time. Like I'd rather just call you Main Squeeze instead of like my boyfriend or like yeah, yeah. Tommy uh, Caprio. I like your name a lot though. Um, I want the meatballs to know how we met because I feel like I've told the story, but I feel like we have different versions of how we actually met. Okay. So yeah. So you're gonna put me on the spot here. <laughs> can I say names of people who were involved? You can say names. That's fine. Okay. They're um, familiar with a lot of the people involved. All right, so I was um, at, at midnight. They work in the studio next to where my, a couple of my shows were. Uh, Comedy the, Central. Yeah, at the time I was doing a, um, I think I had finished a Jim, the Jim Jeffrey show pilot, and I was working with Matt, uh, Moshe Kasher uh, doing uh, doing his show. And Jim asked me to come over to uh, at midnight with him. And we went backstage, and uh, he has a friend named Rachel, 
and uh, we're all sitting in the green room and, and shooting the shit. And I think she said to me, "You should meet my friend." Uh, you know, I was telling her I'm from New Jersey, and you know, I'm, you know, I'm in the comedy, and I, you know, just kind of when you first meet somebody, basic conversation. And then she said, "Oh, you should meet my friend Jacqueline." And right away, I was like. Oh, no, no, I don't do the setup thing. No, no, thanks. And then <laughs> Maybe she's just like, she just wanted us to hang out. No, no, I, I was just totally like trying to blow it off because it's the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Uh, and then and then she was like, I think she went to pull a picture up. And I was still like, no, no, it's good. Like, I'm okay. Like, I don't really do that, you know. And then so after the show. Did she show you a picture of me? I don't recall. I, I think so. I don't recall. I mean, of course, I you know thought because you were blinded by my beauty, blinded by the beauty on the picture. <laughs> and so anyway, she um, like after the show, she's like, "All right, bye, nice meeting you." And I'm like, "Cool." And like, you know how people are today. You make some friends for a couple minutes, and all of a sudden, they you know your Instagram buddies or something like that. Yeah. So we became Instagram friends, and then I believe that like a week or two later, when you ha- start having those other people you should know or people you should follow based on other friends that you have. And, and so we probably knew a lot of mutual people. Plus, we were both from New Jersey. So we, I think we had some connections from those people, from people back there. Whatever the case may be, your picture kept showing up. And so I would look at it. It was like, this girl's cute. You know, she's hot. And, um, and then there was something that you posted that was, uh, was like really too close to home. Or not really too close, but was definitely close to home where I was like, holy shit, I think... I think that's like the street I grew up on, you know, like, so, like, you know, back in Jersey, and I guess people, I don't know if, if you're, you're, if your fans and, uh, and listeners know, but we are basically from like the exact same area in New Jersey, uh, that's funny, and we know some mutual people, so it's kind of odd that we never ran into each other or knew of one another before we even moved out here, which makes the whole story even more interesting. Uh, aside from the fact that we may be related. <laughs> no, I'm just aside from the fact that his last name is Caprio, mm-hmm. and I'm related to Caprio's. You guys have listened to Uncle Phil Caprio Sr. on the podcast before. Right. Uh, not related. Yeah, we we've done all out. the searching. We've done all, all the, the checking. things. You had to make sure way, way in advance yeah. before anything weird happened. But there was a lot of weird similarities. Right. So Ish. anyway, I we started talking via, I think it was Instagram. Um, small talk and he then it was like, into my DMs. Guys. I slid in your DM, girl. He slid in. I slipped right in, and then I. Uh, but we I, talked for like two months. Well, then we I send over a message I'm like, "Yo, we'll just get together and have, you know, a drink or something." He said, "Yo," because he knows I'm gangsta. No, your pictures look kind of gangster. Look, go, look, go back, go back in your feed. <laughs> <laughs> and you might see something there. And oh, so then man. then we just started talking and we kept like, couldn't get together. And it was like uh, 2017, right after we woke up. And we were talking both from New Jersey at the time, literally minutes and miles away from from where one another were. But you were, you know, you were in Atlantic City and I had just left. So it's all, all the, your family's got, where my uh, family, where my family is. So we finally got back in 2017. I think it was early January. And we're like, all right, cool. Let's go grab something to drink and then and then apparently you walked in and you saw me and you you you, you got this weird look in your face and you were obsessed for the rest of your life <laughs> over the rest of my life well, I up, up until obsessed. now uh, uh, yeah the rest of your life from that point yeah so i don't know i kind of was just like oh no i knew i was gonna do that to to, to somebody at some point but, <laughs> no. and, I, and that's how i see how we met you see a perfect we have the same story yeah that was good right. so technically uh you know, it, it, whoever wants to take take credit for it and go ahead, that's fine. I think Rachel, I give her credit for it. So. I, I give her credit too. Thank you. Uh, if you guys are wondering who Rachel is, it's Rachel O'Brien from the Be Here for a While podcast. Yeah. She's been on here many times. Uh, guys, his jersey is New Jersey. So I want to get into it. Tommy, yeah. you're yes. the middle 
of five kids. <laughs> Please. I am. I am a middle of five kids and I'm really very much a middle child. Okay. Tell us about being a middle child. I'm the oldest, so I am not. Right. You're the oldest of two. That doesn't even, you don't, you don't even <laughs> register on that crap, you know, but when you're in the middle of five, you're kind of just trying to fit in or, you know, you're, you're the, the, the peacemaker, the mediator. And also you're trying to make sure that someone even knows you exist. You know, I mean, if my mother's listening, she'll be like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, <laughs> oh, this guy is, this kid is the worst with this middle child thing. I stuff. know. But, and he's a Scorpio, guys. He's a yeah. very true Scorpio. Mm-hmm. And so basically it's like I had a brother who was one grade above me and only one year uh, older than me and a, a brother who was two years younger than me and kind of right behind me in classes. And so I did everything different than my older brother did. So whatever I am today is because I was trying to be opposite of him. He was handsome. Woman loved him. He was, everyone said he was the nicest guy in the world. He, was a, he had a good heart. He was good. So, I, when so what he, are you saying? You're a swamp creature that's mean no, that people don't like to talk no, to? I'm just, I'm just saying like he was a straight edge and I was wild. Meaning like he didn't do any drugs. He didn't drink. He didn't like, and I, when I say drugs, like smoke a pot or something. But whatever he didn't do, I was going to do. And I, and I also was a life of a party when I walked in the room because I was just trying to stand out in the world next to him. You know, those baby blues were killer and people loved them, you know, and I got the, blessed with these uh, greenish. You have great greenish eyes. I do, I have great eyes, eyes but. You know. We fight over who has prettier eyes. It depends on who. My eyes are pretty right after I cry. You guys want to know a little game that me and Jacqueline did when we first met? We would like go to a restaurant and be like a, a gay waiter. And I would see, I like, and, and she, of course, like she didn't have any, any gaydar, you know? And I would be like, yo, this guy definitely wants me. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, batty eyed at me. And I'm like, no, 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 I guarantee you. Like, and then we would just like flirt with the waiter so hard to see who he would like totally take to by the end of the meal. And, we would kick uh, I, so I much game to whoever was I was kicking was game to whoever was waiting or waitressing or waiter on us. And we would just see like who they would go, who they would like fall on after. And I, I did pretty good. Do you have any good um, like first move game tips for the meatballs? First move game like, tips. Like a good like conversation starter for like first date. Like how did you try to charm our waiter? You know, I've really, well, no, charming the waiter is different. We were totally like, I was literally like dropping stuff on the floor and picking it up in front of him to see if he was checking out my ass. I mean, no. He was bending snapping, guys. <laughs> I was like, uh, hi. And I was like double, you know, batting my eye, long eyelashes. You know, you know, God's cruel trick that men have. <sighs> A beautiful natural so eyelashes. Annoying. I have, yeah. Your, I, I stare at your eyelashes while you sleep, and I'm like, that I know. mother. I, could, I can almost fucker. feel you staring at me sometimes because <laughs> they're really long and cute. Right, and so yeah. that's just one of God's cruel tricks, you know, of uh, guys always having eyelashes like we need them, and women are like putting fake ones on. Uh, it's fine. I have Jessica J in my life. You guys should look her up. She's great and. Anyway, keep yeah, going. Yeah, she is great. Great job, she, Jessica. She put great eyelash so extensions much, on me. I love you because uh, it's so much better than finding eyelashes on my pillow in the morning. <laughs> huh? Yes. We don't do glue-on strips anymore. No glue-on strips. Yes. No I just eye booger. physically have things like sewn into my eyelids. <laughs> it's really, really great. It's great. Anyway, that but was anyway, a fun game. But anyway, I have game. no tips for him. But that was a game that we used to play. I miss that. One of my favorite flirting techniques, and I feel like I use this with you. 
But I like genuinely wanted to know. Like with you, it was different. I ask a lot about like how you grew up and your childhood. <laughs> like, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was ours, ours was relatively easy because it was yeah. like I already knew where you grew up. Exactly. You like literally like oh your your parents lived like a couple blocks away from where I grew up. Yeah, it's creepy. And um, you know your your dad who was friends with you know fathers of other friends of mine. It was just it was just really coincidental. Yeah, so it was great. Yeah. So it was, it was so it was an easy conversation. You can move past all that crap and be like. Yeah. So, want to get together? <laughs> and that's it. That's what we did. Yeah. We hung out. Um, I forgot. I wanted to quote your tweet about Vanderpump Rules just because I really appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very on brand with our New Orleans trip. Um, and by the way, my Twitter account is at Tommy Caprio. Is that where this came from? Yes. <laughs> See, I know how to. T- I know how to do this. Look game. at you. You know. You're know seasoned. He wrote after appearing at Stassi's birthday, he got more airtime than like any of us who mm-hmm. were just at the party. Um, he wrote, my acting career peaked last night on Pump Rolls, so I'm a haunted tour guide in New Orleans now. <laughs> Stassi liked the tweet. I think Bravo Andy liked the tweet. It was a thing. I want to go be a haunted tour guide in New Orleans. Yeah, I don't even know like why either. exactly at that moment, because I think we were doing a haunted tour on our own. Uh, and that uh, it did peak. I mean, I've okay. actually had a twenty twenty seventeen. I had a little bit of airtime. You did. You yeah. were appearing on the Jim Jeffrey show on the reg. Like for every a while. every other week. If you, it's like a little one of those little Easter eggs that are hidden in every episode. If you watch, it's like <laughs> they use. We have these over the shoulder things when Jim is like making comedy or, or joking about something or a little, you know. And it's always like my face shows up in them all the time. So keep an eye out. It's crazy. I actually have a question from one of your siblings. Uh, uh-uh. She um, just wanted me to ask you if the name's Ronnie. This is from Angel, okay. your oldest sister. Okay. Who, guys, she's like a cooler, more beautiful Teresa Giudice type, I would say. Just yeah. like. I don't know any of those people. Oh, you but... don't? Okay. Real Housewife of New Jersey. Okay. Like oh, yeah. boss little. Like oh, just yeah. She's, she's the runs boss. the show. Yeah. She's and, charismatic. Yeah. Uh, good looking. And she, you know, it's weird to say about your sister, but <laughs> no, you know, but, but I'm saying, like but she's stunning. also, she's also like in control, moves quick, doesn't mess around, doesn't have time, you know, has got, you know, got to take the kids to, to someplace to go and then organize a big, big uh, boardroom meeting. So yeah, she's awesome. I and, met her. And she's basically the rock of the family. So. Oh, that's really cute. It was funny. I was very intimidated to meet your family because like, yes, I come from a huge Italian family, but like. You have like a lot more <laughs> and sisters and it's just a lot. And I was, I think the most scared to meet Angel, but immediately felt like we had a similar energy. Yeah. And we're both used to doing like a million things and kind of just like scheduling and running the show ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, she actually calmed me down when I met her, which was kind of. Well, and I, and I said that she makes everyone else like uh, hyper. Yeah. Like my dad's always like, God damn it, slow down. You know, like, she, <laughs> for me, it for was, me, it's like a lot. I'm like, all right, just chill, just chill. Okay, just breathe. What, what are we doing? Where are we going? No, for me, it was definitely like, oh, yes. All yeah. right, so Angel. Angel AKA said, Angela. did the names Ronnie, Stephen Grass, or a song about mayonnaise jog any childhood memories? <laughs> it jogs. I'm sorry, I'm laughing, but yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, this is so inside baseball, but when you have siblings and you grew up together, it was like most of the other these Please stories and some of our favorite things that we would do as kids was tease one another. Yeah. You know, when you're all close in age and you're like, and you're, 
<laughs> so we like Ronnie. I, I think it was like a Ronnie Dangerfield thing where Ronnie came from. But it was just like this weird face that we do and make the noise and go Ronnie, and it was just like just, our teeth would be bucked out. And it was just like when you really want to break somebody's balls, you just Ronnie them up, you know. And so that became a thing. Uh, it's so inside baseball. I'm sorry, folks. But Ronnie, yeah, and Stephen Grass came from my brother Joey. Who, if anyone, if, if you listen to my other podcast at Eight Ball Sports. My brother Joey is a regular who comes on, and he's just got this like personality of like, like you can just imagine if you're just hearing his voice that he's wearing a wife beater and like a, a, a you know in a, in a public restaurant and just kind of he's he's just says what he wants uh, and what he believes and he, he's not he's not censored at all. But when we were when we were kids, we were playing a game. My sister was like, we would all make up names, and she'd be like, so what do you want to? Who do you want to be? And I'd be like, uh, Joe Brown, you know, whatever. And she'd be like, what do you want to be? And he would look around and be like, um. Yeah, um, Stephen. Okay, Stephen. Stephen, what? And he'd be like, Ooh, and he'd look around. He'd pick up some grass. And go, Stephen Grass. So then his name, <laughs> so his name became Stephen Grass when we were kids. Wow. I know you're like that's so fucking weird, but it's not it is weird. Fucking weird. And what was the last one? I appreciate uh, Manny's a song oh, about Manny. Oh yeah, my, this was just something that we you guys used to uh, sing about Manny's. My, yeah, we just call my older brother and the one between me and Angel Manny's because no, no, no. We would, <laughs> I don't know. We were like teasing him about like sm- we teased him a lot. Smelling about smelling like mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, this is the stuff I should be talking about with my shrink, not with you. But it's fine. I want to know. I feel like because you hung out. I actually just read an article by a past guest, Kate Casey, who mm. wrote an article to her four children. She just found out she's pregnant with a fifth, and it was like, why you need siblings? And I feel like a lot of the stuff she said was that it prepares you for like life in the real world you have inside jokes like you just have people that are on your team she's like your dad and i don't actually want to hang out with you guys (laughs) you have siblings you have built-in friends for life you don't have to like love them get along with them all the time but if you're raised well and if you get the concept of it you have one thing in common the blood the same blood that runs through your veins and you know each other uh, better than anybody how you, you kind of and the funny thing is we're all so very different yeah you guys definitely are we're very all different. very very different we probably might look a little bit the same but like there's got to be something that we all have a connection to whether it was something that drew like I said my older brother and the way he was made me the way I am just to be opposite so there's some draw and connection to it all um, and I think that siblings are important because they kind of develop you I mean my dad had like a 60th birthday a while back or 10 years ago actually now and, you know, everybody was a little bit older at the time and mature. And, and so you get up there and you want to say something nice about your dad's friends. And all his work buddies were there. All his guys, like he's reti- he was retired at the time. All the people he worked with, all, all his family, all of his, you know, <laughs> people he had his, you know, a whole life of, of, of business with and whomever. And um, we all went, took turns. And I, I always thought that, like, my sister's like the outgoing one. But for some reason, I always did the eulogies in our family. Like grandparents' eulogies, that's kind of my my game. According but, to your whole family, you're everyone's favorite brother, cousin, son. Like you're just the favorite, right? Well, that, they can say those things, but <laughs> let me tell you about my dad's sixtieth. So we get up there, and it starts with like we go in order. My sister does a great speech, and this is supposed to be the one that's the best, and it's really really good. And my brother John goes up, and you get what you expected, which is basically like very simple. And and yes, my, we love my dad, and blah blah blah. I go up, I do a killer speech. And I'm like, now I'm blown out of the water. And then my brother Joey comes out, and he's not the, not the guy to do public speaking at all. And just not, he's like walking around like a stand up comic, like swinging the microphone, telling stories. And even my, my own sister Vicky. But the most funniest part about it was that we were telling stories about my dad that he was so beat red. I mean, about like stories that you don't, 
you don't think you don't want anyone to know, but like when he would like fly off the handle when he was young, it was just hilarious. I know you're not. No, no one's getting this at home. I'm sorry, but it's they just are like, getting it. We we basically roasted our father to the point when it was like he was was sweating and red, and it was so damn funny because everybody just had so many friggin' stories. And 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 looking back at this guy's life, my dad, he was just like a firecracker. Um, yeah, it's just hilarious. It's great. It's so funny because when you meet him now, he's just very chill. Yeah, we're no. talking about my family too much. No, I love it. I feel like this has gotten you to the point that you are in your career though where it makes sense that you work in comedy and you're kind of dealing with a bunch of court jesters (laughs) i I have a lot of theory about the court i always wanted to write a story about court court jesters oh really what kind of um, story and it's funny because now i date a court jester (laughs) and i work with court jesters when we went to sit at the bar at the court of two sisters is that is that the name of it the court of two, yeah, the court yeah. of two sisters. Literally, we sat in front of a plaque that said "Court Jesters." Yeah, and that's when I was pretty much telling you the story about why it's uh, so important, you know, because court jesters. So people, if you know, are basically they were the truth towers. You know, they they were not supposed to be sad. Even though my logo, my company logo, is a, a court jester with his hands in his, uh, with his face in his hands, like like he was crying, and it's like something you don't normally see the court jester do. You see him dancing or smiling, but. To me, it's like the saddest job in the world. It's like, dance and make me laugh and do the right thing, um, or I'll cut your head off. <laughs> That's what Brad Williams and I were talking about, how you're right. not allowed to not be funny. Right. <laughs> like, you're, you can't have a bad day when you're on stage. You can't have a bad day. Hold me. Excuse me while I, while I crack a drink here. He's cracking the LaCroix. Is that how you say it? LaCroix? LaCroix? LaCroix. La and while, while I'm pouring it into my Tito's vodka. Tito's yes. a new sponsor. Yep. We have, uh, soon. Uh, we have a lot of beverages in front of us. I got us uh, mini bottles of Jaeger because for some reason on our New Orleans Valentine's Day romantic vacation, I decided Jaeger was the shot of choice for everything. We've never done a shot of Jaeger together in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in New Orleans, I was like, Jaeger it is. We just ran out of shit to drink. Yeah, I mean, we drank everything. Like, oh, one grenade, this and that. And then at the end of the night, it's like, oh, I wake up had- in the morning. I'm like, why do I feel like shit? All the things things god we had so much stuff it was so fun um anyway you went to west virginia university how did you decide to make the move to los angeles like i want the meatballs to know how a guy from jersey becomes the executive producer or co-executive producer of the jim jeffrey show because you have quite the story let me tell you the story about real quick and i'll try and do this quick yes west virginia university i i picked the school because my sister was looking at colleges about three or four years before I was going to colleges. And she, this is one of the ones she was looking at. Kind of went on the tour, saw this place, and I fell in love immediately. Mm-hmm. I went back to, I mean, I'm sorry, WVU, but I went back to my high school where I saw all my friends and we were partiers. And when I was like, dudes, I know a place where we can go in four, three years from now and not do shit for the rest of the time <laughs> we're in high school. Right? And so that was the type of school reputation I'd had. In, in, uh, in Playboy magazine, they had the number one party schools and West Virginia wasn't in it. This is back when I was picking colleges and it said yeah sorry wvu we don't rate professionals i was like that's where i'm going to school it was on everyone's number one party school because i always wanted to be a writer i wanted to um do something different and to me i wanted life experience and i thought to myself it doesn't matter really where i go to school just get just show that you can get the diploma and your education and And then get me out of here here, and then i'll just go make my own way but wvu taught me like literally the game it taught me how to like you know, make friends with TAs so that you can figure out how to them, you know, they can give you the answers to the tests that were on the thing. I mean, I was playing this game of like just getting by, getting through. But those skills, the people I went to West Virginia with and who I graduated with are all so successful because they're like, they learned how to be 
hustlers. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, and it wasn't like Harvard where you're like on your merits and it's just like getting through. I mean, I, the, the graduation rate is so small. Everyone went there with a fr- all I went there with five guys when I was from um, West Virginia, uh, from, from where, I, where I grew up in New Jersey, five other good friends. I was the only one who graduated. And then half of the people I met when I first got there were failed out after a semester. It was not, not an easy place to be. So WVU. It's my a lot last, of fun. My last year, I'm working at the public television station. Right, part of my communications degree, and working at the public television station, we get a call from MTV. Hey, we're looking for some PAs to come and do a show called Fear. All right, the show was Fear was um, a show when they strap these kids. They they made them watch scary movies all day, and then put these cameras on them. I would love that. And then and then sent them all into these haunted mazes, like it was a haunted uh, a haunted prison in Moundsville, West Virginia. I met a guy there named Steve. Steve is like. Um, Hey, you should come out to L.A., man, because I, I worked my ass off. I was, I was you know, really busy. Uh, I slept in my car the first night. When they found that out, they got me a room. And, and like, I really wanted to do this. I was Aww. excited about it. So he's like, you should come out to L.A. I'm like, nah, man, I'm a New York guy. I'm going to go back to New York. Anyway, fast forward through working at FedEx, uh, going back to grad school to become a, a, a history teacher, um, living at the Jersey Shore, partying with my friends. I picked up one day and just moved out to Los Angeles. First call I made was to this guy, six, six, seven years away from having spoken to him at all. And he said, I don't remember what you look like, who you are. I just remember the email address, and I remember you busted your ass. Come meet me at my house. At this point, he had moved up the ladder. He had a nice house uh, at the beach. In um, Malibu? No, I think it was Marina Del Rey. Anyway. Yeah, Marina Del Rey. Anyway, he... Uh, he basically gave me like a bunch of different uh, tools and gave me some people to call, and I got a couple jobs running when I was first here. And he was the one who gave me my first job here with Tavis Smiley. Can uh, you tell the meatballs who Tavis is? Okay. Should I tell the meatballs? I'm asking for wine right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm pointing. Okay. Tavis Smiley, uh, if you Google them, you're probably the first thing you're going to find out right now is that he was implemented and lost his job on PBS because of uh, – all the, the scandals, that, you know, the sex scandals have been going on. I guess we can call them the Me Too movement. Yes. Uh, his was a very unique one because he basically just dated someone that he worked with and lost his job for that. Uh, but I think they were just trying to – we can get into that, but I think it's it's kind of overkill now. Yeah, I, I'd rather hear about you, Yeah, to be so, honest. <laughs> Tavis, uh, I got my first job there as a PA, and I worked my way up the ranks to become a wine producer. How did you work your way up, though? Like, Because it seems like – that happened pretty quickly, and he gave you a lot of responsibility. Well, what happened the day was is that um, there was someone who was above me, and we were about to do – this is when Ro- uh, President Obama ran the first time. Now, if you guys don't know, Tavis Smiley was a PBS show. It's a public affairs show. The first half of the show is basically we're talking to a senator, a uh, congressman. We're talking about policy, things that are going on in the country. Really smart. I mean, I loved my experience there. It was eight years where I literally knew – had a Rolodex of every senator and every congressman, and I just knew so much about what was going on. Second half of the show, we had – celebrities and you would think on a pbs show like why would you know if you can google the stuff you can go on youtube look at these things why would celebrities come flocking to a pbs show but all celebrities love more than anything else is to talk about themselves when you go do the tonight show uh, or um leno letterman any of these things you're pretty much on a a clock oh you got two and a half minutes tell the story about the plane ride do this you know tell some jokes and blah blah and then get out you're done but when you get a platform like this that, that was on pbs people would literally get 30 to 15 to 30 minutes to talk about themselves, things they were passionate about, how they got involved in what they were getting involved in. Um, and everyone loves that. Everyone's favorite, just so you know, everyone's favorite subject is themselves. Uh, and also, this is the stuff that they're passionate about. And they, they, they literally called us, Tom Cruise. I mean, every big A-list was on the show. Who was your favorite person that was on the show? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. And that's the reason I said it is because Tom Look showed up on a motorcycle on his own. 
He's a Jersey boy. Yes. He wrestled, yeah, Glenn Rich. And, Chris um, Booker, who's been on the podcast twice, said he was like his favorite person to interact with also. He said when right. he was interviewing Tom Cruise, Tom's like PR people, everyone was like, we got to go. And Tom would just be like, get out. Yeah, Tom like, showed up. up on a motorcycle on his own. Literally walked in, popped his head in people with that, <laughs> you know, that, that little Tom Cruise laugh that he does and smile and was just like, hey, you know, like he was really friendly. And whatever. He just, Tom got a, gets a bad rap because people don't like Scientology and, and they're just like, they didn't like him or they hated him because what he said on the show was something that was totally true. He's never had a, he's never failed. Every, all of his movies have made money. I think maybe, maybe, I don't know about now, but up to that time when he was on the show talking about this, Tom Cruise has never Lost money. I think two of his biggest bombs, and they weren't bombs, Eyes Wide Shut and Vanilla Sky are two of my favorite movies. Right. Even those were like uh, critically acclaimed. Yeah. They weren't big money makers, but they also didn't cost a lot of money to make. And I it's was, just like, oh, I love go those. get it, Tom. So anyway, just a, a, an easygoing guy who didn't have a lot of people. Then you got like guys like Pierce Brosnan, who I hated, who was a, a Why stuffy, did you stuffy. hate him? What did he was he just do? an arrogant dick. You know, like, and so all these people, and, and you can catch someone on a bad day, so you don't know. Yeah. Right. So anyway, I did that show for a while, and then it was just my my. I believe that moments in your life happen, you know, when people say Are you ready for those moments. You know, when you either have to fake it or you know fake it or make it. And my moment happened when the my uh, the, my my subordinate uh, my subordinate at the time or my superior, the guy I was working for, we were doing a show for the first time, and African American Latino um, people were 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 giving their debates for presidential candidates from both the Republican and Democratic side at historical black colleges. And it was a big historical event, and I was one of the producers on it, and there was someone ahead of me. We were playing this big event, and there was some stuff going on internally, which which is kind of what happened, which all this fallout recently just happened was probably involved with now looking back on it. But there was a, there was a shouting match with the host of the show, Tavis, and, and somebody else, and they pretty much... The guy comes back in, throws a folder on my desk, and says, "I'm out of here. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to be here anymore." He walks out. Two seconds later, Tavis is just yelling me, my name down the hallway. I come in. He says, "You know how big an event this is for me." And blah blah blah. He's like, "You think? Can you handle this?" And in my mind, I was like, "No way. This is huge. This is a groundbreaking historical event. His, uh, all like you know, Clinton was on it. Obama was on. It. You know, they were all all the people running for the Democratic one. We were doing Howard. Then we we're going to Morgan State to do the Republicans. And it was like." This is this is way bigger than me, you know what I mean? And and but the words that came out of my mouth are like, yeah, I got this. And it was baptism by fire. It was the worst thing that ever happened. I mean, I mean, it was so stressful and the panic attacks and the anxiety. But I got through it. It was a it was a historical event. It was done really well. It looked good. People talked about it. Tavis was happy. And the next week, they offered me the job to do his normal TV show as the line producer. And that's pretty much made a jump from like coordinator production manager to line producer all because of a moment that I didn't think I had in me but pulled it off you know I feel like you're really good about stuff like that like staying cool and just being like yeah we're fine like we got it like that's a great aspect of your mm-hmm. producing I, I call it apathy oh um, people always say like wow you're always calm and it's a defense mechanism for when the wheels are for losing your mind you know <laughs> you just start giving the fuck it attitude Ah, it's fine. Who gives a shit? Don't worry about it. And, and, you know, what do you do? Fuck them. Fuck them. They can't, they can't figure it out? Then fuck it. Just going to be the way it is. We're all going to fail. That's it, you know? And people are like, well, shit, if he's not worried, then I'm not worried. <laughs> you know, if, if the wheels start falling off up top, everyone else gets panicky. So in a way, it's a defense mechanism, but I do have, I use apathy as my defense mechanism, but yeah. also my, my producing philosophy. It's going to be what's going to be. 
no one really has the answers. Uh, and then basically, you know, long story short, I started there, did a movie with my best friend, Michael Rosenbaum. Who's also been on the podcast. Yeah. He um, talked about doing that movie. Mm-hmm. What, which one did you guys do again? Back in the day. Back in the day. You went. Yeah. So Main Squeeze has a huge group of friends out here. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have to the meatballs for like moving to a big city and like finding your like click or your group of people because you met them later on like you weren't 21 yeah, I, was 20, I was 26 27 you're 26 old. 27 <clears throat> how did you meet them well at first i didn't have many friends it was someone i work with who asked me to pretty much go uh used to see me walking around the office uh not doing much but he asked me uh hey do you um <laughs> he want to play for you <laughs> you want to come play flag football this is all sad for me yeah no friends <laughs> you want to play some flag football i was like yeah hell yeah so i went there, there was a bunch of these guys there and I kicked ass. I literally scored every touchdown. I ran all over the field. And, of course, they had to tell me to ask me to come back because either Slow. people wanted revenge or they were just like, well, this guy is good. Maybe we should have him on our team. Um, so I got lucky in that sense. But the truth of the matter is people sense bullshit from a mile away. Yeah. I've never – I've always kind of just been who I am. I think people appreciate that because I say what's on my mind and I – and I, you know, I, I know what buttons to push. And I have this unique ability to be able to say things that don't rub people the wrong way, but they just kind of think it's funny when some people would be like, you fucking – dick you know but there are certain things with you with you and i where like you'll say something and i'll be like what the fuck and then like i'll go home and it might take me like a week or two but i'm like that's really funny and like i almost like turn it into a joke or like i totally have you been using agree. my jokes on the stage <laughs> kind of have i, I made it. your comedy better you've You've in, at first no that was it was really hard doing comedy because i not to be annoying but when we started dating, it was kind of easy, and, like, I was just happy. Well, here's the thing. I think that most, you know, and, and this is nothing against where you were at the comedy in your comedy career at the time, but, like, a lot of women, even young men who just, like, they're, they, they're, it, they're, the easy go-to jokes are what a shitty dating world it is. Everybody's fucked up, and you're kind of just floating around and things. But when you start dating somebody and you want to start using that material, nobody wants to see you happy. I know. Right? So they're not like, hey, so I'm starting a dating. And everyone's like, boo, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> and I'm really happy. Like, that's not fun. That's not funny. Unless, so there's like that gray area between single shitty life of people dating and not having anything, you know, and not finding the right one. And, oh, my God, you wouldn't believe the date I was on. And then, there, and then there's this gray area. And then there's. Oh, uh, the kids are a pain in the ass and yeah. having kids is different. And there's like this regular dating people life that's like, like not an, exciting and people aren't in, happy for you. Yeah. You know, you're right. A year into a relationship. So that gray area, if you can find a way to make that gray area funny, there is a niche for it, you know, in comedy. I It took me a long time to like figure out how to write jokes about us right. <laughs> and our relationship. But I think the angle that I've been taking is like, oh, he loves me despite X, Y, Z, you know, like I've been self-deprecating and making fun of stuff. I also were, I feel like a little more settled into things. Like for me, the first like six months of our relationship was just trying to make sure like we were like good and things I I put in time and efforts and stuff. And I don't know now, not that I'm not putting time and effort into yeah, you. Yeah, I get it. Now, now I'm sad. <laughs> Are we done? No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm going to open up some gummy no, bears. No, but now like fun, funny shit happens. Literally yeah, shit happens. <laughs>
<laughs> we had like a shit storm situation on our trip. I want to talk more about you, but I feel like I kind of want to go. Oh, open this door. <laughs> go ahead. You have to tell a story now. Uh, now I have to tell right, a so story. I, this we were is... out all day, walking around, having a good day. My Ooh. stomach started hurting when we were at the cemetery, by the way. That was that morning. Yeah. Okay, guys. We're wow. talking about our New Orleans trip right now. I want to recap all of it. I was going to start with it being like great, but this is a, a story that I think a lot of you meatballs will relate to or learn things from. Okay, so anyway, I'm going to tell you my version of it. You tell me your version of it. Okay. Basically, we, we were out all day. We had a great day. We get back to the hotel room. We're Valentine's gonna, Day. Valentine's Day. We're going to change really quick, and then we're going to head 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 to the to the restaurant, which we had the most amazing lasagna um, ever. Domenica's in New Orleans at the Roosevelt Hotel. Just yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about our whole trip in a second here. Yeah. But um, basically, you're like, um, hey, listen, I'm going to use the restroom. <laughs> Just I don't. I think it went down like this. We were drinking all day and and walking around, and eating food from all these different places. And then she's just like, "Hey, listen, I'm uh, I'll be down in a minute." And you go downstairs. I'm like, "Well, no, I'm, can I just sit here and lay in the bed?" And you're like, "No, no, you just go downstairs." And I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute, why?" And she's like, "Just go downstairs, <laughs> get out." I'm like, "All right, from the room, okay." I'm like, "Oh shit!" And I'm like, "Now explain to me why that was." Literally, like, you have a blowout, and I wasn't even allowed to be. In the room, like near the bathroom. <laughs> and this is the first, first experience job. in our relationship. This is the first, first time, time in a relationship where it's like, where shit was discussed at all. We don't even fart. Personally, I think 90% of making it through the first year of our relationship is not shitting your brains out at your partner's apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're trying to figure out how to like get away from that. Like, I, yeah. like, so when honestly, you're sharing a hotel room, somebody at some point is going to have a blowout. And I think she waited. <laughs> we were there for four days and you know, probably waited two days. And at some point she's like, you have to leave, <laughs> sir. Go down. I'm like, well, can I just sit here? She's like, nope. You need to go downstairs. <laughs> Up the street, and I'll meet you at the restaurant because you might hear or smell something. <laughs> you were so funny. You were so cute. Like, we had just had guys, like, the most romantic, like, chill. Like, but we were chowing down on, like, lasagna and short ribs and just, <laughs> and all day it was like hurricanes and, and beignets. beignets. And we, we went to that place, Mother's, which was really cool, but, like, I don't know how... You can imagine what's brewing now, right? Yeah, like it's po'boy po- sandwiches. They're <laughs> jambalaya. There is all the bread. And all the bread. Like, I literally tried to, before we went to New Orleans, like maybe just not eat carbs or slim down a little bit. But unfortunately, it was National Pizza Day right before we left, and I celebrated it for like three days straight. So I thought like I had a steel stomach. Like normally I can handle some some mm-hmm. stuff going down well this was not the case on valentine's day <laughs> yeah she just had a moment and uh she basically told me to get out i had and a I moment I and it. you were you were trying to be like cool in there for me he's like very good in like emergencies or like trying to like be thoughtful or like understanding so you were like no no, no i'll wait for you and I was like, you gotta get out! Yeah, I was like, are you sure? Whatever, I'll wait for you, whatever. I'll be 
no, get out. Get out. <laughs> Turn into the zombie, like a monster. We did. But then right. we were fine, and we went to the oldest bar in the country. I love all these notes you have. I know. I have so many notes. So many notes. Like, Everyone uh, always we, comments we, on we, it, but I never look at any of the notes, guys. Can we rapid fire some of these? Because I'd love to answer them. I know. There's so many. Okay, guys. Um, we're not done some? with our NOLA recap, but I do have... We can rapid fire some questions. Let's rapid fire. Just go. Okay. Um, Take two seconds. So okay. Give me 30 seconds on them. Best advice for someone looking to break into the entertainment industry. Uh, I actually gave this uh, speech over at UCLA. I'm going to do it again. And it's not exactly uh, popular when the teacher's staring at you and doesn't like these answers, but it's basically you have to be the most liked person in the room without being annoying. I Simple totally... as that. The most liked person in the room without being annoying. And unfortunately, that's a gift that some people are just not born with. I remember telling a bunch of interns and people that, and then you have the one kid who pops his head every day, like, hey, howdy ho, sir, how you doing? Like, trying too hard, get out. You know, so. <laughs> They're probably the hardest worker there, but everyone's like, get the fuck out. Right, and that's the thing. You don't, it doesn't, like, unfortunately, we live in a world where you don't have to be the smartest, because you know, I'm definitely not uh, the smartest. But, um, you know, I you think have to be, you're very, you have to be very just, intelligent, and you have a lot of Here's really how, here's the ideas. best example for that. Can I please just tell you this? Fine. We're like, like your meatballs, your meatballs are going to love this. <laughs> They're going to love this. Okay. All right. I'm going to give you an example. Somebody went to junior college. Somebody went to Harvard. Two people are going for a job that are working in my office that I'm going to hire. I interview both of them. The guy from Harvard or woman from Harvard is clearly smarter, uh, has better organization skills. Um, the person went to junior college, you know, they're, they're pretty cool. They, they, can, they can organize. They're hungry, just as hungry. I asked myself one question at the end of the interview. Both, you know, one, one got B's, the other one got B's. Uh, who do I want to spend 12 hours a day with? And that's who gets the job. And that's Across that's the, the entertainment board, industry. Who do I want to spend twelve hours a day with? It is that, and that's an unfortunate. People think that people don't want to hear. Like, what happens to uh, if you work hard, you get what you? I'm sorry, it doesn't always work that way. You have to make your own way, and you know, I don't know. I you don't have to wanna... make friends. That's why. Well, a lot of it is hurry up and wait. Like you're sitting around for twenty hours on a set. Mm-hmm. You want to be there with people you like, and that's why people go on tour with their friends. Right. That's how it happens. Okay. Uh, why do you work so well with Jim Jeffries? This was a question from one of the meatballs, actually. Why do I work so well with Jim Jeffries? That's, yeah. uh, uh, he, he's, you know, co- comedians in general are, are tougher to work with, and, but me and Jim are friends. That's why we work well. He trusts me. I trust him. Did you I, guys become friends before working on the we show? We actually met uh, in the office where they were trying to find someone to produce the pilot. And we met. I met there. We had really some some really wacky. Like I'll explain this on my own podcast, or Jim will talk about it on the Jim Jeffrey Show podcast. Uh, but uh, we had some weird experiences when we first started with people who were supposed to show up for work and never showed up. We had like a wild experience, a wild ride just, I love to, just this to do story. the pilot. You and Jim told the best story when right. we were at Catch. <laughs> yeah, we were eating dinner. Me and Jim told a story about a guy who just they he, entertained he, the entire balcony of cats, right? And we just basically the guy somebody didn't show up to work, and we were trying to find people to help do this show. It just and we had just like a wild experience doing the pilot that it was kind of one of those bonding moment moments. Uh, we're about the same age. Uh, we come from two different per, per, parts of the world, but we like we uh, we get along. Uh, we res- I respect what he does. I think he's the best in the world at what he does. I think he respects uh, what I do. Um, and so, yes, it's, it, we get along because uh, we trust one another. Just like at any work, it's you have to trust the other person to do what they do. Jim obviously knows comedy. I pretend I do. Um, I think you also understand his sense of humor, so he feels comfortable around yeah, you. Yeah, I always say about this, about the Jim Jeffrey show is one of the... I, I'm proud of all the work I've ever done, but this show really hits home for me because it is... If I was going to say something about politics or social issues when I'm out to dinner with my friends amongst people or out to the world... It almost mirrors exactly what I believe is exactly what Jim is saying on the show. And that's a rarity. 
You know, a lot of people work in this industry and do things that they don't necessarily uh, believe in. And I believe in everything that we say uh, because it's exactly what I would what I would believe. So that's why like it works. That's the goal. Yeah. I mean, I really am lucky guy. You are very lucky, but you work really hard. Okay. You have a lot of girlfriends and they come to you for guy advice. What is the best advice for dating in L.A. or dating in general? I know a lot of you meatballs don't live in Los Angeles. So dating in 2018. All right. Listen, I tell girls this all the time that I'm friends with. I'm like, don't uh, guys are kind of tricky this way. We remember only what we want to remember. So if you put out the the wrong message from the get go, that's what you're going to that's what you're setting yourself up for. So, for example, uh, I don't want to scare this guy off. I want I want to be married. I want to have children. I want to do it within the next two, three years. Um, but I don't want to scare him off. So I say on the first day, like, hey, let's just uh, let's just have some fun. And I just want to have fun. I don't know. I don't want those things. You know, let's, let's see where it goes. Well, all he remembers, is I just want to have fun. You left the door open. You cracked it. And if you're worried about losing somebody now, like you have to be open and honest. And I tell these my girlfriends all the time is like, don't blow smoke up your own ass and his from the get go. Be be clear about what it is that you want because it's better to end this thing earlier if you don't and if you give him that out and things don't work out down the road he will say you're the one who said you just wanted to have fun and they don't forget that so meatballs be careful be be open and honest about what you're looking for and where you're going and set the ground rules set the ground rules i love it did i set the ground rules with you no which is why I'm waiting to use those when you're ready. When oh, you're ready you are. Yeah. You're waiting. You said you just want to have fun. I never said that to you. Ever. I knew better. <laughs> um, right, here we go. I want to know how much do you love Lady Gaga? <laughs> uh, I don't love Lady Gaga, but I respect the shit out of her. And I respected her after the concert that we went together. I cried during the song Joanne. I'm going to be honest. Yes. Uh, there was something about it was strong. Um, but she also put on one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. She's a great musician and very powerful. Uh, and yeah, I respect her. I don't really, li- I don't have, I don't own any albums. I don't follow her on, on so, Instagram. I- so main squeeze is convinced that he has fibromyalgia, like Lady oh, yeah. Gaga I, I, I have, I have two things, a real a fibromyalgia and a, gr- a really great case of, um, uh, what's the word? WebMD addiction, WebMD addiction <laughs> and, uh, hypochondria. So I, I have whatever 2018 it is. has been new year, new you. Yes. Yeah. But whatever you say I have, if I read it, I have it. And then I go to the doctor. So 2018 has been new me, new you. I, I started go, going back into my transcendental meditation. Ooh. <clears throat> tell the meatballs a little bit about that and how it's uh, helped you. TM is uh, from Mariachi. Uh, he worked with the Beatles. He's known for working with the Beatles back in the 60s. And there's a big school in the Midwest that people uh, do transcendental meditation. And I love it. It is uh, one of those things where twice a day, 20 minutes, you repeat a mantra in your mind. It's not, it's, not, it's not a spiritual thing. It could be spiritual for some people, but it has nothing to do with religion. It's, and it's not mumbo-jumbo. It's, it's, it's actually medically proven to do better things for you and help you focus. And the reason I got into it is because everybody who was having the success that I wanted and the living the life that I wanted seemed to be doing this. And I said, I might as well try it. I went to a transcendental meditation school. You can look it up online, find tm.org. And uh, learn how to do it yourself. I actually went, made uh, Peanut here. Sorry, I called you Peanut. Um, I made... Uh, That's my nickname. And I, I love made it. Ja- Jacqueline <laughs> do a little meditation with me. And I made up a mantra for her when we were uh, recently on vacation up in the hills. And uh, she What was it. mine? What was my mantra? I don't know. You're not supposed to tell your mantra anyway. Oh, sorry. So I did love but it, I guys. A- I, I fought... 
Because I have a problem where, like, if you tell me you're into something, I go the opposite way. Mm -hmm. Kind of how you are with, like, your siblings and sports teams and whatnot Mm -hmm. that you like, where you're, like, really into meditation. You're, like, it's really good for you instead of being, like, yeah, I want to try it. I'm, like, whatever. I'll do my own thing. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I, like, fought a little bit and resisted it. But given to the resistance meatballs, it actually was really helpful, and I was able... Because normally for me to go through all my thoughts, I go running and I listen. Yeah, everyone to music. has their own thing. And, and mine's mine was TM and yours could be running. Yours could be lifting. The other uh, part of new me 2018 was uh, minimalism. Uh, oh, I read a book about the, the getting... new Japanese minimalist. And I've been reading a lot about minimalism over the years. And I've actually basically long story short. Uh, I threw about 75% of the things I own out. I'm sitting in an empty apartment right now, guys. Yeah. She's sitting it's... on the floor on like a Komodo. I'm sitting on the floor. <laughs> no, just kidding. I feel very uh, clear, though. I feel like I'm losing weight while I'm sitting here because according to... Well, there's just some incense, a candle, a Buddha statue, and some some uh, religious relics around. But actually, it's not that bad, folks. I mean, I basically <laughs> just got rid of all my books, all my albums. I don't need to go into minimalism. It is actually a great way to, to peel away layers of your life, uh, things in the past. That, uh, and I think what a lot of people do is you keep records, you keep books, you keep things to justify who you are. So if someone comes in your apartment and say, you know what? You're really well read. He's smart. He's this. He likes music. Like, I don't need to keep a shitload of albums that I have to carry around from place to place to let people know that I like music. Yeah. And so talk. you peel. They can and listen you, to your podcast. Exactly. <laughs> you can listen to my podcast when they all get going. <laughs> Find out what I like. Find out what I like. Uh, and basically, what you'll learn from my podcast, what I like, is just hearing my own voice finally. And this is all new to me. Uh, I just started doing podcasts, I just started finding a voice. If you can probably hear my voice, I don't speak great English. (laughs) Can we talk about the... Yeah, sure. What you've done? Okay, so Tommy, since we've met, has had some issues with, like, hearing and, like, large crowds. Not since we met. Not since we met, okay. Since I was born. Since you were born. Uh, I was born with a a slight hearing loss, uh, which was really minor and never really affected me. Yeah. So, Or so I thought it never affected me. But obviously I speak a little bit different because I don't hear the words the way everyone else does. So recently, in 2018, I decided that I wanted to go uh, investigate hearing aids. And so I wear these hearing aids now. I started with ones behind you. Now these ones are pretty much hidden from Starkey. Uh, and I don't wear them all the time. I'm not, wearing them all, I'm not wearing them right now. I just wear them like when you go to restaurants, when I go to the movies, um, because I had a really hard time hearing accents and I work with someone with an accent and I try and watch a lot of these great shows like Game of Thrones and everyone has an accent and accents on TV were like what the fuck is everyone saying yeah uh, there's subtitles on everything uh, we watch crowded nightclubs and things like that and so if you have a hearing loss there's no they, they have these hearing aids now that are basically invisible and and it's not like a, it's like wearing a pair of glasses I take them out I, I'm not wearing them now I didn't wear them today I didn't feel a need to, but sometimes you put them in and you just, you, you're really surprised by the things that you've been missing. And the first day I walked out of there, I was kind of like a sad, happy, because I was happy to be experiencing something new, but sad that I may have been missing this for all the years that I've been alive. You know, and even when I spoke to the audiologist for the first time, he said, wow, I can tell that uh, even when, when I open my mouth and talk that, you know, I, I have a hearing loss. So... Um, and it goes into this whole, like, now I do podcast and I work with comics and I'm speaking here online and I won't shut the fuck up. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to have a voice, you know, and I understand everybody wants a voice and we live in a world where you can have a voice. Well, um, the cool thing, you actually asked me why I did comedy. 
I think we were watching Crashing when you asked that Mm because they were talking about like how they were messed up as kids or whatever. Right. And you were like, well, well, how are you messed up? Like, what did you do? I always said I could never be a comic, a true comic, because I'm not fucked up enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I know people say, "Eh," and there's the whole princes and poppers. Like there's 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 prince comics and popper comics and the poppers are the ones who are so damaged that they do this to even stay survive and then there's the princes who are like oh Jacqueline you're the greatest at- you're so talented and smart and great you could be a comic and yeah. I always <laughs> no I was never uh, <laughs> I was always told like I was great and talented at the things that I was good at but I never felt like I had like a true voice like I always yeah. was great at inhabiting characters or you know, performing dances. But when it came to my own words, that was something like I loved public speaking, but I was always reading something that someone else wrote for me or someone else's opinion. So I definitely, this this is all new for me and I I still get anxiety and nervous about things. And for some reason it just seems like you just, it's just part of life. You get nervous about things and you just, you just keep fighting through them. Somehow I always end up on the other end. And for someone who's had anxiety and other, another, thorn in my side my whole life a generalized anxiety disorder um i have always been able to find my way just looking back now went from from the mountaintop and i'm not on the mountaintop yet but i'm up the mountain pretty high and saying holy shit how did they ever get here there was a time when i couldn't even get out of bed how uh, do you deal with that now when you have like a panic attack or anxiety well tm helps slow my panic attacks down tm and, and transcendental thing, meditation transcendental meditation but um how do I deal with it? Yeah. I, I just, it sucks. You know, I didn't have relationships for a long time because I was afraid that, you know, I was afraid that I would have bad episodes of anxiety and just throw it down the toilet. And so I would go to therapy to try and help with that. And there's no reason why no one else in the family has it. It wasn't, I didn't do anything wrong. You just, it's just like something that you're born with sometimes. It is what it is. We all have our Right. Things. And you have good days and bad days. And listen, what, what happens is you stop, you, I used, your mantra becomes, <laughs> who gives, I don't give a fuck. You know, people are like, oh, you don't like, like uh, I'm, I'm not going to that restaurant. It's too crowded. I don't like being in crowds and blah, blah, blah. And I don't give a fuck. You know, like you learn to be comfortable with yourself and you just you're going to be who you are. And eventually, you know, you'll um, find I think I forced it. you to get a little bit outside your box. No, I do. That's one of the things I love about you is that you forced me to 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 reach a little bit to 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 expand my comfort zone, <clears throat> which is something also I wanted to do more of this year. And I do. I, I definitely do. We and you went to the. Oh wait, sorry. You, you don't even know when I do. Sometimes you don't even know, realize when I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Really? Because I'm just doing it. But thing, usual things have been, you know, difficult for me. You know, sometimes. Aw, babe, thank you. Yeah. I it's, was. It's, it's, I'd rather be in a real bad state of panic <laughs> than have a fucking argument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very low argumentative. If, if you haven't noticed. Happy wife, happy life. Right. right what? <laughs> You push. I was very nervous. We went to the driving range recently, and I, I'm semi-athletic. Like I, you know, I love I love throwing the football. I work out. Like I don't mind. Is that what you call that? Throwing the football. <laughs> throwing the football. It takes me a while to All get right. a spiral. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Keep what do on. you call it? I don't know. I just call that like you know just pushing a football. Oh, pushing. <laughs> Oh, now the professional athlete. All right, Tom Brady, calm down. Actually, that was such an insult to you. I think Brady's older than me. Is he? No, I think you guys are the same age. uh, No, he's a year older than you, I think. Um, All I'm saying is that a great date, Meatballs, is to go to like batting cages or a driving range or even miniature golf course. But when you actually get to that point where you're like, oh, we're actually like doing this. 
Like, I was very nervous to go to the driving range with you, like, leading uh, up to it. Why? I don't know. I play golf. I, I, I play golf once every year. Yeah. And so why, just because you didn't want me to realize you weren't a great athlete? No, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that was it. I, yeah. I was afraid, like, I just... I, I honestly now, and you said this to me yesterday about hanging out with people, like, aren't you happy you did it? Because there's so many things where I'm like, ah, oh, I don't feel like doing that. Or like, I don't want to go. Yeah. And I find the same thing too. It's like concerts are a big thing for me. I love music. Uh, I'm a big jam band guy. Um, I love the Grateful Dead. I saw them once live before they passed away in my prime, giving away some age here. But uh, I love jam bands. And it's like, I'm always like, I don't know if I want to go. And every time I go, I'm like, I'm so happy I did that. But I also think about about uh, meeting with friends and par- parties and stuff. And you're like, uh, if you f- force yourself to do those things through your comfort zone, yeah. through anxiety, through some depression, whatever it is that you're fighting through, you always say to yourself, or some, you know, I mean, I guess basically the last few days, what I've had since we got back from New Orleans is just like that downside of like, uh, it was a great trip. We had so over. much fun. Yeah. But then you force yourself to do these things. You're always happily surprised. So push yourself, folks. Push yourself. Meatballs. Book the ticket. Go to the audition, go to the game, go to the driving range. Go to the concert. Go to the concert. Push yourself. And if it's a bad experience, you just then you just write about your bad experience or do stand-up <laughs> about your bad experience. You make you got to take every piece of this and use it. It's like you have, you have like all these lemons make some lemonade. You know? Ooh, I, I think you. I think that's one of the things that happened to my wife is like what I, what, when I get really in a real bad state of anxiety, you'll see like in the middle of the night sometimes even when I'm laying in bed. I like pick up the iPad and you'll think I'm just researching things, but what I'm doing is I'm in such a bad state of anxiety I just start writing things. Yeah. And whether just ideas or just something I need to talk about with somebody later, but it's just like kind of throwing up. It's like, to me, it's like anxiety feels like a something that's over percolating inside of you. And it's just, it's, it might be, uh, it might be good ideas or it might just be energy and it's just a, an overabundance of it that's just spilling out of you and making you off balance. So just let it go. Just empty it. Well, we love to watch shows and there was a show. Was it a show or a movie where they were talking about fear and how it's all in your head? That was just, that was recently. That, that was, was really um, recently. I forget what show it was, but it made sense. Oh God, I wish I could remember right now. Meatballs. Was it, we were in the theater. I feel like it was in the theater. I don't know. Something along. Right. Anyway, it resonated with me. You, you just talked. Yeah, it resonated now. with me anyway. because honestly, Fear is all in your head. It's not like fear lives outside you. Granted, I feel like you can die from being scared to death. I feel like we had this conversation. I wish we could remember it. We went to see a horror movie. Yes. We saw uh, Winchester. Uh, Winchester. Right. And yes. and psychiatrist was talking about fear and about, but he also hadn't seen Ghost at the time yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the beginning before yeah, he started was... seeing Ghost and losing his friggin' mind. <laughs> before so, he actually lost his mind. Right, before he actually died so of fear. Scary. Um, <laughs> he was talking about fear is just a state of mind. But anyway, you can kind of talk yourself off the ledge. If you can't, there's therapy. There's also really good pills you can take um let's do rapid fire rapid fire yes okay meatballs or bolognese uh meatballs Ooh. actually why why can't you do both you can you can do whatever you want yeah, i want it's meatball bolognese we had bolognese last night with spaghetti we did that we had bolognese i mean you haven't tried any of the meatballs right, that are here right now. You by right the way now. you guys know that jacqueline gives meatballs everybody yeah she didn't have to do this for me because <laughs> no i did um good fellas right, or the godfather Goodfellas. Good. I, like, I like the way it moves quickly. Godfather's too goddamn slow for me. It's sorry. too slow? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We have Grandpa Benny was in The Godfather. But mm-hmm. that's fine. Whatever. I know. I know. Goodfellas. I like it. Well, then this kind of leads into I, Tanya or Get Out. 
Um, I'm gonna go get out. More creative. Get out. Oh, I kind of did you just follow some no, some Cracker Jack story. It, it is a Cracker Jack story, but it is an it's American. A, no, it's great. Done. It's an American treasure. And White it trash flowed like Goodfellas. White trash is American treasure. <laughs> exactly. Sinatra or D. Martin. Sinatra every Sinatra. day, Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, look at you! And Sinker, New Kids on the Block. Uh, new Kids, going old school. Oh, yeah, I think New Kids set the set the table for all these clowns. I appreciate that, clowns. <laughs> that's that's not whatever. And I know some of them. So. <laughs> you do know some of them. Okay, Seinfeld or Bill Burr. Uh, stand up. Yeah, stand up wise, Jerry Bill, Seinfeld. Bill Burr, more my sensibility. It's more your sensibility. A little rough around the edges. Jerry's too too prince for me. He is. I'm a Jerry guy. Mm-hmm. Girl. Of course you are. <laughs> I told you were great. I Brit- understand the pain of Burr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Britney Spears or Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga. Britney was a, a carnival show. Just some. It was basically someone propped her up and made her dance and did do the. She can't really. She's not going to have longevity once she can't move that well. I disagree with you. No, I think once she can't move and do, do dance moves and do whatever, she's done. Her voice is not going to carry her to have a show in Vegas when she's 60 years old. She's not going to have a show in Vegas when she's 60. I don't think Lady Gaga, well, actually, no, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga could have a show. She's got a voice. She's got a voice. But I think Britney, from the beginning, always wanted to dance and always wanted right. to perform. We're going to have to agree to disagree on that. Netflix or HBO? I'm going to have to go HBO. HBO. I love Netflix and I spend most time watching it now, but HBO is the groundbreaker. Again, yeah. you got to give props to people who set set the rule, set the rules. It's like... I remember when one of the best written shows ever, Soprano, Oz. These were the ones that people were coming on uh, work on Monday and talk about around the water cooler. Changed the game. Ah, uh, yes. Um, what do you want to produce next? A comedy special or a sitcom? Um, immediately, yes. I'm g- immediate, immediately next, I'm going to do a, a, a comedy special. And I'm, I'm going to find a comic who wants me to do a special and just kind of maybe get an in with Netflix to do it or somebody and just start doing those that are easy to do. But ultimately, I would like to do a sitcom. Um, I wrote a screenplay, uh, a sitcom, I guess, that I really want to do. And Wait, I, can you tell the meatballs a little bit about that sitcom? Uh, it's basically called The Smits. And it is a uh, basically like My Blue Heaven, but a series. And if people don't know what that is, it's like uh, the, go- the government has ha- had some cutbacks. And so they keep um, a bunch of old mobsters who are in the witness protection program together in the same house. So the Smiths, they live in uh, a house together. And they have a bunch of mobsters who come from all different eras, from like really old in their 80s to 60s, 50s, 40s. They kind of represent all the mob errors. And they live in a small town when the people can't just can't seem to understand uh, what it is that uh, that these guys are? They think they're all cousins and brothers and stuff because they're a little naive. But um, they're really hardcore mobsters. It's funny, really funny. All right, twenty eighteen goals. Uh, that brings us to our Nola recap. All right, let's do it. Okay, first tell the meatballs why you love New Orleans. What did I, you work on there? I did a show called. Uh, well, I've been to New Orleans back and forth. Are we going way over time? No, we're fine. Okay, cool. I did a okay. show in New Orleans called the uh, Adam Devine's House Party. Probably online. You can check it out. Um, out. And it was in New Orleans. And basically the concept was, the first first season was we did, uh, Adam got a bunch of money from Comedy Central and he's doing a, uh, he's just going to throw a giant, basically waste of money and throw a giant party in the hills. Second season was going to be like, he wants to go to New Orleans to do it. They were giving tax breaks for everyone to go there. So he went there and I found a bar, which we got to go to. Bamboos? Called Bamboos. Bamboos. Uh, I found a bar there with some fixer friends 
where we decided we wanted to actually do it from like a bar with, in New Orleans with a balcony because I was like, guys, we can't use a house out here. It looks like we're like have a slave plantation, you know, if we're going to use a house to do the stand-up. It's a stand-up show with a little bit of sketch uh, comedy in between, scripted comedy. And um, we found this place. It just was the best experience ever. And I got to spend like two months there, uh, and I felt like I was in New Orleanian. New Orleanian, is that whatever the word is? I don't even know, but it sounds good. Um, and I got to like do what the locals do and not just do Bourbon Street. And I felt like there was a storm at one point when this rain came down. And I was in a rental car where it got so high so fast I had to pull the car off the side of the road on a hill and get out and walk up to my knees in water where people were like, oh, baby child, go in here and have some crayfish and have, you know, and people were <laughs> just so damn nice. And the music, it's the jam band heaven. Um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of like I like like Nick Cage is my spiritual city, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which we saw in Nick Cage's tomb. We did in St. Louis Cemetery number 1. Yes. Uh we first of all, the reason why I love New Orleans. So this was a very last minute trip that was booked. And again, I talked about this last week. Chris Medina, who was on the podcast early January, said, if you feel like booking a trip, just book it. Just Mm -hmm. do it. Like, get out of town. It'll, like, feed your soul. You and your main squeeze. Mm -hmm. So we were both talking about New Orleans. We watched Somebody Feed Phil, the Netflix series. We saw, like, all these cool restaurants that he went to in New Orleans. And we were just like, screw it. Let's go for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And we went, and for me, I've always loved New Orleans. For a few years, right after college, I went and helped rebuild houses in the Lower Ninth Ward, Muses. Right, no, and I was just saying, I also, at the time, was working with Tavis Smalley, and we did specials after that storm about the Ninth Ward, because it was like the people who weren't getting their voice heard were... You know, the African-American community that lived in the Lower Ninth Ward. Exactly. So that's the first time I really had my experiences going there and fell in love with the city. But go ahead. So we fell in love with the same park. Yeah, I, well, that, around that time. And then the icing on the cake was the time I spent there for Adam Devine's house party. You had two opposite ends of the spectrum right, experiences. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, we were rebuilding houses. Um, I was going with Credit Suisse. Shout out to Fave, my Aunt Claire, who put together those trips and just kind of opened my eyes up to a whole new part of the country. I don't think I ever would have traveled to or, you know, made the time to travel to in the early 2000s. Uh, And so when we saw that Netflix series, we were both just like, we need to go back. Yeah. It's a great series, by the way. It's just like the most random host ever. <laughs> Phil At first, Rosenthal. I was like, who the hell is this guy and why does he have a show? Thought, Somebody feed Phil. Maybe something was wrong with him because right. he's a little I thought out it, I was like, there. man, this is really weird. But the first one we watched in New Orleans and all these restaurants he went to, it just sounded so delicious and, cool and weird and, and different. different. And we were like, but then again, it was it was the stuff in between the restaurants when it was like, oh, I love you, baby child. And just people having a good time and feeling good and listening to music and walking down these historical streets. Honestly, one of the best parts of being in New Orleans is seeing all the young kids either tap dance or drum or play musical instruments. And they highlighted a lot of that. Mm -hmm. In the special. On the special. Basically just the culture and the lifestyle. Anyway, you guys know it. You can watch it. <laughs> it's on Netflix. This is right. not a sponsored post. Uh, so we decided to fly in the day before Valentine's Day, which, uh, babe. In a moment, laying in bed. Yeah. Just decided we want to fly in the day before Valentine's Day. Uh, have that night. Do Valentine's Day. And the next day, and we'll, and we'll see what would happen, you know. But but then, know. after the tickets were booked, I got a text from you. Yeah, saying, and I said, hey, uh, 
You know it's Mardi Gras, right? Hey, we're flying in on <laughs> Fat Tuesday. Well, oh. that was a mic drop moment. Uh, I've never been to Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. I've always Tuesday. wanted to. It was definitely on my bucket list thing, you know? Yeah. But, but it was like Fat Tuesday is the, the culmination of it all and the, the big boom at the end. Yeah. So we flew in it, to the center of the storm. Yeah. Yeah. No pun intended. Uh, but yeah, we get there at like four o'clock or something and it's quiet at We're the airport because like, no one's chill. there at the time. This is chill. <laughs> and we get in the, in the Uber and the guy's like starts driving. He's like, oh shit. And then the traffic gets deeper and deeper. And then all of a sudden we get to the French Quarter and he can't move. And what did you say? Uh, I can't drop you at the, at the hotel. Um, but like he's driving us and in my head, I'm like, wow, this is a great Uber. Like he's going to make it work. Like, we're going to be fine. We're just going to go to the hotel because I was nervous leading up to it. And then for some reason, he put me at ease. And then two minutes later, completely. I didn't say a word because I knew we were screwed. You knew. Oh, I knew. Wow. There's no way we were getting to work. Based on where the Omni, on, uh, Omni, or Omni Hotel is, we, and, and I, what I basically know about Fat Tuesday in New Orleans and, and these Mardi Gras parties is like, I was like, I have no. If he's going to pull some magic off, he's a goddamn genius. <laughs> Does this Uber fly? Anyway, honestly, and, uh, and we needed did, a what did private. He, what did he basically that say point. to us, uh, guys? I'm not moving, and I can't get you in there. Yeah, he was just like, it's not going to happen. It's four blocks straight, three blocks to the left, yeah. one block down. Now, now he's picture like picture New York City, like Times Square on New Year's. That's what I was picturing in right. my head. Mm-hmm. Right, and then now drag um, a giant suitcase behind you. And a bag over your shoulder. Because, guys, let's be real. I obviously checked a bag and so did Tommy. Right. Like, yeah. we didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I, like, I thought I was, we, gonna, I, I, just in case it was an impromptu wedding or yeah. it was going to snow, yeah. I had to be prepared for everything. <laughs> oh, you brought your tuxedo yeah, for just what? Just in case. Right. So I had everything. You had everything. And then you guys, like, basically get out. He was like, get out. As floats are driving, we pull up. He literally tells us to get out after we pass red, not red, yellow police tape. And he's like, oh, that must have been a shooting just now. And there was on the air. There and was there was. And somebody died that night. <laughs> because I made you, after he told us to get out, I went, you know what? I'm not walking through this without at least a margarita and a shot. Right, so we stopped in some other hotel, got two so, quick drinks, a shot margarita, and we're on our way again, yeah. dragging big giant suitcases through basically Times Square Mar- Mardi Gras. Just the parade. There's Our suitcases are dragging broken glass. At one point, you had a six-pack. You had a broken <laughs> six-pack at the bottom of your suitcase, and I was like, I'm not yeah, even going to try. Just, just, bottle, just bottles and cups and beads. Just and no one cared. Beads. Like, that's a, like, everyone was just still partying, throwing beads. Like, it was pandemonium there was like children around which i thought right, i think was i looked weird. back and it was like a king king cake baby on my bag yeah oh <laughs> yeah like there was so much and we made it we did i we got it, to the hotel i had like tunnel vision i was like i'm just in it to win it at this point like right. i just want to get to the hotel and we did it and I wasn't expecting to party so hard on the first night. Well, then what we did, we just like, let's just come on. We got to go. We got now that we're here. We're like, we got to do this. We dropped the bags, went out and just went out downstairs and we went out about Bourbon Street and then we ended up in Frenchman Street, which we'll talk about Frenchman in a second. No, we could do it now. Oh, well, Frenchman is Frenchman is a a place that's like off of Bourbon Street, but it's also a place where the hippies hang out and uh, the gutter punks. Gutter, gutter rats, whatever, gutter, gutter punks. punks. Yeah, they're I basically a bunch punks. of like kids who probably were well off and just decided to live in the streets of New Orleans and listen to music and hang out and just decided to be homeless. 
But anyway, it's a great section for music and culture and art. And so that's kind of where I shot the show that I did and where I stayed when I lived there. And and that was a great section, you know, because because Bourbon Street can get a little good old ghetto fabulous. I don't know well, right no, word, this is the thing, guys. We literally were in a mob of people like Bourbon At one Street point, was your cool. Feet went off the ground and I couldn't uh, move and I started to panic and I would just put my head down and start running for like an alley. You know, I just need to get out of there. Talk about panic attack. No, but <laughs> you looked at me because we were trying to get through. And it was a point where there was no getting through. I was like, we need to go to the side. <laughs> and just, we darted to the side. Well, that's what I mean. I was going to pull you and get out of there because I was going to panic. Yeah. But anyway, so that we got a great we... experience because we did but basically, the best part of Mardi Gras, it's like, I don't know how people do more than one night of that. I mean, and we partied all night and people dance in the street and there's video of we... you I have of you dancing with strangers. So and Uptown it was... Funk by Bruno Mars. Yep. There was all these chicks that literally looked like they were professional dancers from the Bruno Mars music video. The song came on and there was DJs in the middle of the street, a Frenchman. And that's the cool thing. Like girls kept pulling me in to dance with them. Yeah, like no matter everyone, where we were, even if we were in like regular blues clubs. Yeah. Like everyone was just so open and friendly. And, you know, I felt like I was almost like too reserved at certain points. Right. I just wanted to like take my shirt off. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> you just wanted to live your best life as a I basic being. My, we, we were definitely basic. I was like, we might as well wear like the Mardi Gras jester costume and dance. Around. No, but I appreciate. I always make fun of you for taking pictures and like Instagram videos and stuff because I'm like, stop. But I'm so grateful. Like you are so you have so many cool things captured that yeah, I, I just want to. I feel like I just want to capture everything, unfortunately, because, you know, I feel like it's all you have when you're especially when you're a minimalist. It's like all you have is pictures and memories. <laughs> That's it. And then we woke up. For hung Valentine's over. Day. Very hungover. And what's the most romantic thing we could think of to do on Valentine's Day? First thing in the morning, cemetery. Go to a cemetery. Yep. <laughs> we went. We saw. We heard stories. I was deathly ill. I didn't express that to you. Was that a good thing on my part to not express how actually hungover I was at that yeah, point? Yeah, because I was actually having a panic attack the whole time. Yeah, and I didn't know right, that. Right, so I tell it to myself, and you you were sick. You, you, you were going to shit your pants. And I, was, I, was, I was about to shit my pants. And I was really shaky, yeah. and I took like a half a zanny, and I was just holding on for dear life. <laughs> that entire... alcohol makes me really anxious, by the way. And that's the Doesn't make me anxious. I get... I'm just happy. When I have it. The problem is that we didn't know what the fuck we were drinking. People hand you stuff as a grenade and everything's sweet and sugary and shit. And it's just like. It was like all the pina coladas and all the Jaeger and all the margaritas and all the wine. It was all the things. So you were on the verge of a nervous breakdown. I was about to shit my pants. We didn't go right into the cemetery though. Remember what we did first? What did we do? We went to church. We went to church. Right. People were getting ashes. We didn't wait around for the ashes, but we went to St. Jude. This awesome St. Jude shrine at, um. Uh, what's the cemetery? Shrine of St. Jude at the uh, the Lady of Guadalupe Church and it's uh, on Rampart Street. Yeah. Uh, and then we got, like, so I got some oil. That was like, a, there was something very calming about that that kind of saved me for a second. That was very calming. Right? Because we got like, it was like, I, a, I just wanted to show you the shrine and we went and lit a candle and I had, and I had been doing the St. Jude Novena for like a week leading up to it and I had these, these novenas that I had to leave at a, this is some Catholic bullshit. Tommy was born on the same day as St. Jude. I mean, so yeah, we're, like, we, yeah. We're, we're kindred spirits. So yeah. I had a, I left these, uh, I had to leave these prayers on, on his altar somewhere. Why not go to one of the greatest 
shrines in the country to do it. Anyway, there was something calming about that, and then we went to the cemetery, and it got started to get really hot, and I was sweating some stuff out a little bit. And, and so. maybe we were, maybe spirits were entering our bodies. At that maybe point. maybe we were walking Maria, all over. Maria Tell Laveau. them what's her name? Laveau. 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 Marie Laveau. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the the great voodoo, the greatest the greatest voodoo person ever. She was a Catholic, but they treat her like a god there. Yeah, actually, in that cemetery, one of the cool part is Easy Rider. There was a movie scene shot there um, where Peter Fonda was laying into the statue's arms, and basically they shot it by sneaking over the over the uh, wall at night, and basically shot a movie scene there. It became world famous, and then the the church after that decided that from now on, no filming, not even with your camera phone. Or your phone that has a camera on it. Uh, you can't even film that way in the church. Which is crazy. Like, they must have such balls. Or they were just tripping their faces off when they were filming Oh, they that. were. The whole movie, they were tripping balls. You guys got to watch Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Oh, I it's, haven't it, watched it yet. Right. It's a movie that basically these guys do with, like, handhelds. And they all became, they were all big actors and stuff. So, uh, Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda. Um, yeah, it was and crazy. And basically tripped it the whole time. They brought, like hookers into the cemetery and just filmed all these scenes when the cemetery was closed and i think that's weird and i feel like karma is a bitch and i feel like i would be so worried about that but i need to watch the movie yeah it was interesting and so we did that what do we do after that we, just, we did we that roamed. we walked like we four or five miles around. a day we did we beignets to... we waited online like basic bitches for yeah, beignets beignets for hours i took one bite i was like well that was uneventful that's like a zeppeli it's is basically that... like a zeppeli a zeppeli we pronounce italian words very differently yeah because you're like how do you Irish say mozzarella thing. do you say mozzarella or mozzarella Mozzarella. Mozzarella. Okay, we do that the same. What about risotto? Do you say risotto, risotto? Risotto. Risotto. Say I'm risotto. I, but I, you say like brisciut. Uh, brisciut. I say prosciutto. I say brisciut. You say brisciut. How about uh, gabagool? <laughs> I still to this day don't know what gabagool is. <laughs> what is gabagool? I think it's capicola. Capicola. Is that it? I think it is. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I just know there's really funny meetings. The best part about it is you go to Italy and you say anything, people are like, what the People fuck? are like, you're you, American. You, right, you're American retarded. <laughs> get out of here. You're not right, Italian. You're not Ita- like, but Italians in America, we make, hey, I got a I get a prosciutto. It's so it's stupid. Make up our own words. It's I'm amazing. Italian Irish too, guys. Like, it's a thing. Whatever. Anyway, can we get some shots out to some great places? Yes. We did basically. And at the next day, after Valentine's Day, we basically did the, the Phil tour. We went to Shia. Shy. We had some hummus. We had caviar for the first time. Right. It we was caviar to, we and cream to cheese. That dog. That dog? Was that the name of it? Yeah. That dog. We had a cheeseburger hot dog. Yep. That dog is amazing. Was really good. I wish Went I could... to um, Turkey and the Wolf, took a picture. <gasps> We're going to post it. Yes. Turkey and the, the wolf. wolf. Guys, you they, have to get the... It was the veggie Reuben. The veggie Reuben, which basically like a grilled cheese, collard green sandwich. Like they just basically make weird food and do it cool. We met the owner because we, we saw him on... We saw the owner sitting there and he was on uh, Somebody Feed Phil. We're like, hey, can we take a picture? Um, yeah, you were really good about doing that. Yeah. You just went care. up to him and you are like, can and, we please? And while we were in the Garden District, we went to the Columns, which is a uh, a hotel that you've stayed at before. And it's like an, it looks like an old haunted plantation house. It's so cool though. Dark and... And I don't think I would stay there because it doesn't feel. It was creepy. Clean. It so smell, it smells like old death. We, it does <laughs> smell like someone's, you know, buried in the walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked our way up to get to go to like the higher balcony level and mm-hmm. actually peek into all the hotel rooms, and they definitely have some weird shit that happens there late at night. Yeah. But awesome place, great drinks. Yep. I had an Aperol spritz that I loved. 
Domenica Restaurant is where we went for dinner on Valentine's Day. Domenica. So it's probably the best Italian food in uh, New Orleans. It was awesome. awesome. We missed one Get the of lasagna. Our, get the lasagna. Uh, we missed our reservation to Galatois. We were supposed to go <laughs> the third night, but we we, we wind up just drinking, walked, going to piano bars and drinking at ten miles straight. We also stopped. There is a very legendary music store called Peaches. Yeah, guys, yeah. we're not just alcoholics. <laughs> and we're not just foodies, right? Peaches is one of the a great a record store since 1975. Is where where things happen. And at, while she's saying that, by the way, she's <laughs> she's opening up a Jägermeister and trying to make me do a shot. Just so everyone knows. Well, she's like, we're not just alcoholics. We're not just partiers. <laughs> she's like, take your fucking shot. I'm like, do your Jäger. Mothers, we went to mothers. Right. God bless you. Salud. Salud. I hope you guys are all taking a shot with us too. And if you're in the car, then take a shot when you go home with the one you love or friends or anyone. Just take a shot. Don't worry about the ones you love. Or your kids. Just don't make it alcohol. Just I woke them- up with a bunch of weird names in my phone when I get shit faced. You ever do that? Oh, yeah. I get this Lucky Lee dude. Somebody Lucky else. Lee. Noel. Somebody. Who's Lucky Lee? I don't know. Some people we met at the, at the piano bar. Do you remember when they basically like Rosa parked us at that weird restaurant where we walked in and everyone else was getting served and they were like, you can't sit here. And we were just like, what do you no, mean? No, no. Everybody was eating in this restaurant and they're like, sorry, we're closed. And I'm like, yeah, we're- but you got food in your hand. Yeah. The waitress said I had plates in her hand. Sorry, we're closed. But I'm like, but you're serving people. What do you mean you're closed? We went to the bar and I was like, yeah, hey, I'm going to get two drinks. And they're like, sorry, we're closed. I'm like, yeah, but there's people at the bar drinking. What do you yeah, mean you're closed? Yeah, like Shut everyone was enjoying their day, but they would not serve Tommy and I. Not because we were, you know, I think it might five. have been the absinthe. Absinthe? Absinthe <laughs> that we were drinking. <laughs> no, we didn't have anything that day. We were very sober. Hotel we Monteleone. Give them a shout Monteleone. out. Hotel Carousel yeah. Bar. Carousel Bar. I did watch. I recommend this if you're flying to New Orleans. Watch Girls Trip on the way there because then you could go to all the places they go to. And there's an epic scene where Tiffany Haddish hits a wine bottle into a corner at the Monteleone. That's it. Mm-hmm. I said it right. And she freaks out on a guy. It's really good. It's really fun. There's Carousel. It goes Mother's. around. Mother's is a uh, soul food, delicious. Really Gotta good. Eat that yeah, if you yeah, want, you want auth- authentic New Orleans food. To me, shitting my brains out on Valentine's um, Day night. Yeah, which is cool. Just, that's so that's Ashley so Longshore art. <laughs> Ashley Longshore is that it? Yes, Ashley Longmire, Longshore. Yes, yeah. that I was introduced to from Stassi. She has two curated pieces in her apartment, so we went to the studio, and it was really cool. Really, really pretty. Yes. Central Groceries for the Mufetta. <laughs> Mufaletta. Mufaletta. Shout That's, out to Frank. It's basically like, if, if, if our Italian friends know, basically, a... Um, uh, and any pass all wrapped into a sandwich. Yeah. All the cold cuts and the and the, the, the olive spread on top of it. Anyway, it's 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 like, an Italian thing, but it's it's very New Orleans as well. Um a Like picture like a platter of antipasto just with sand like bread on top and bottom. It's aggressive but great. And Filmer Fuji Senior, thank you for the suggestion. Thank you. Thank you. And then you. also uh, last I want to give a shot that Lafitte's blacksmith shop where we went like two times we two, went two times, times yes. it's like the oldest bar in, in america uh pretty much is what they claim 941 bourbon street and yeah, they um that was really cool and it's all can all by candlelight it's pitch black there's a piano player in the back but it's all by candlelight the first night was a little too crowded because of bur- um mardi gras but we spent uh, the next two nights there at least one or two times having a drink 
No. It was nice. We killed it. You actually bribed people. We went to a dueling pianos place uh, and you bribed them. They were about to close it out. And I love Aerosmith. And I was determined to hear Sweet Emotion. I think it was. I don't remember exactly how I brought them, maybe a couple of dollars. I think you gave them 20 bucks and you were like, you have to play this song. Yeah, you see, people, I'm a good dude. I know. You shared a grenade with me. Yeah, and that's why I blacked out. (laughs) It's fine. It's all fine. We had fun. We also that night won a dance battle. Yes, we did. Guys, I'm not. I don't know. Believe it or not, I don't think I'm a good dancer. I don't really fancy myself a good dancer. But <laughs> what if I just copy what she do, does? Apparently, it's like the greatest show in town. And people like all the dudes start getting behind you, and they're like, "You got this, dude!" And like all she does all these moves, and I'm just copying her and like keeping up. And then everyone's like, "Holy shit, he's kind of actually doing the moves." And she's like a professional dancer. And I'm like winded and sweating and my back's broken. And but meanwhile, I, I, you get the you get people behind you. They believe in you. You got to represent the dudes. We had a whole sort. We cleared a dance floor. I'm not gonna lie. I we had well, a lot of cameras on us. Arms around. Yeah, you were following. You were keeping up in my head at the time. I was like, we are killing it. <laughs> yeah, of course. We're, we're in retrospect. We were probably on a lot of IG stories with a lot of young twenty-year-olds making fun of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay with that. Well, you know my motto. I don't give a shit. Yeah, your apathy. You do. You don't care. Yeah. Yeah, zero fucks. I don't mean to curse. But that was the... Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but that was probably the... Okay, I wanted to ask you this, and then we'll get into just enough. We have some quick sports knowledge for you guys. Um, what was the pit and the peak of your trip? The best part and the worst? Uh, the peaks were when we were just... It, it, honestly, it's just like whenever we just felt felt good, had that light buzz going on, just felt... In in the New Orleans, we just had that New Orleans voodoo in us when we can dance free, when we can have drinks, and we were getting along with people. We made so many random friends that we just that that's always the peak for me, and that's the best part about New Orleans is that it really does make you feel like your family. Everybody makes you feel like your family. Yeah. And uh, the pits would be like the times when I wake up hungover and not remember everything exactly the way I wanted <laughs> to, uh, and I'm walking with the heat burning on me, and that's the only pits. I mean, we don't we don't fight. We we generally get along. You know, we do good. Like. We had fun, man. It was a good trip, and it was a very, very last-minute thing. But and it's like it's relatively affordable from LA. I, I mean, I, I can't wait to go again. I want to go. Uh, it's to me, like I said, it's like a spiritual home. I you know, love the like architecture. A, we kind of hijacked a few haunted tours where we were just yeah. Like, I was like, why the fuck <laughs> my favorite haunted tour? They're going on one right now. I'm just standing yeah. in the back. Like well, we just say, sir, you can't stand here. I'm like, I am just looking at this haunted house. <laughs> I happen to be. Here. I happen to look. I actually done the tour, sir. I know the tour. I'm telling my girlfriend the haunted house. And you know where I'm going after this? Oh, we're going the same way. Oh, you guys are going this way too. Well, Oh, what a coincidence. I'm telling no. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not, oh, yeah. But what? I feel like maybe that's why the last night, like, eventually, like, we got tapped out. We had, like, evil spirits that came into oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to the one haunted house. We were watching the coven lately, uh, late at night. Okay, so this is what we did. On the the night we came home, I was like, we have to watch American Horror Story. Like, we have to watch Coven because it's about what's the name of the most haunted house in the, New Orleans? The, the, the woman there who basically tortures slaves upstairs. Lovely. Yeah. Um, La, Laveau or something. No, Laveau. that's the, the Lati- voodoo woman. Oh, God. Mm. All right. Well, you, I'll look it up while you tell yes. more, more our audience. <laughs> it was a lot. I'm looking up. Actually, I had a meatball write me. With places to go, hold on. I, I, oh, Ashley, I loved it so much. 
Ashley Wyndham. Thank you so much for reminding us to look at the American Horror Story house. She messaged me and was like, you need to find the house. It's in the garden. The, it was a house in the Garden District along with a house on Bourbon Street or well, no, around we Bourbon Street. We actually did, Ashley. Was that Ashley? Ashley. Yeah, we actually did. Like, we went out of our way to say, all right, we, I got in the car. We, like, literally, I put the address in uh, everything we did, like, by map on, on the phone and just walked around. We walked eight, ten miles a day. Yeah. And, um, it was and really basically, cool. I was like, all right, we're putting this in right now. We're going to go there. So thank you, Ashley Wyndham. You're an amazing meatball. There's a St. Louis cemetery is haunted. The charity hospital is haunted. The uh, pharmacy museum is ha- haunted. It's the Laurel It's the Laurelie mansion that she That's had, it. asked us to go. Um, it was that, just cool. There's I love the architecture there, and I'm Nick not Cage lie. bought it. And then apparently the second he bought it, his career went through the shitter, and he blamed it on some ancient ghost that he was just a shitty actor. All right, Nick. I don't know. And about then he went, that. and then after that, he's like, "I need to be, I need to get buried near near Maria Laveau." And so uh, he got, he bought a. He has a pyramid. He, he has, has a, a pyramid, white pyramid, a white pyramid that looks like an eyesore in the middle it's of like very, a beautiful historic museum. It's aggressive. Such an asshole. Such an asshole. Uh, is he? I don't. I've never met him. I don't know. No, no, but I don't know. I don't know. His but tomb, but saying, you're so, like, okay, you're an asshole. Right. You're. This you is an look asshole like move. you might be the worst. No. I feel like, though, it was literally eating, drinking, walking around. We saw architecture. We saw art galleries. We listened to music. But there was a point when we were on Magazine Street where we walked by a hot yoga studio. And both of us just, like, stopped <laughs> and stared at it. And thinking, you know what? It actually wouldn't be a bad idea. I know. We were like, our bodies haven't moved And like that's a that. good sign for New Orleans in general. They have some, like... Hot yoga studios oh, yeah. and cycle world and bar methods. So like, yeah, there was a lot of cool shit. Yeah, but I was really jealous of the hot yoga people. And then we snapped out of it and like went to another do you bar. Have to talk about yoga? I do. There's so much yoga, but we've already talked about yoga, oh, okay. so it's all good. <laughs> all right. You love yoga. I I'm think just looking for. I'm just looking for great. a bathroom out. I. <laughs> Why don't you tell the story, tell a story no. real quick, and I'll go to the bathroom and take me two no, seconds. No, you can't go to the bathroom. Okay, fine. We're not this done. Is tor- now this is torture. Now I'm torturing him. Now I have to sit here, and, and, and she sees me dancing. That's the worst part I about it. No, he is dancing right now. He has legs knocking. It's happening. It could take two You know seconds. what else Just is tell happening? Just tell a story. No, tell him a story. It's fine. Fine, fine, fine. I won't pee. You're good. Okay, I want to know. So you said your pit... Your peak. I want to know what is something girls can do to make your trip better when you're traveling with someone. Uh, I've always been a big believer, and I'd love to travel um, if I could. But like, don't overplan. I feel like people who work hard or or want to you know or, or have a very structured life, it's and, and you're like oh, I don't want to waste a minute. But like. Don't overplan. Don't don't pack a day so tight when it becomes not vacation and it's like more stressful than your normal day's work when you have a schedule. Yeah. You know, it's just like we slept till noon one day. Remember? We did. And we're like, at the part of me was like, oh, we wasted. We didn't waste shit because we still were up we before really five in the morning. Yeah, that's <laughs> Maybe the that's thing. Why. We don't normally. I don't know about you meatballs, but I don't normally stay out until three or four o'clock in no. the morning. And for some reason, we did take a nap on Valentine's Day before we went out mm-hmm. for dinner again. But for the most part, yeah, we were in it to win it, so we definitely slept later. Right, but but my point being, at the end of the day, is that don't overpack it. You know, be, it's okay to sleep in and not have a plan, and just even if you do one or two things, if you like it that much and you love it and you want to go back, go back again another time on your next trip. Yeah. But like, don't you know? I would say to make it better for for somebody is don't make it 
not vacation. You know, let people sleep in if you want. Uh, stay out late if you want. Um, drink a little bit. Like, whatever it is that you don't normally do, as long as you're away from your normal routine, it's vacation. You know, that, that that's that. I guess that's the advice I would give. It did feel really good to keep my phone away for most of the time. Right. I didn't get one call. I, I turned, I, I pretty much put my phone on uh, airplane mode just to take pictures and have it. Yeah. But I, I didn't take any emails and I had a lot of stuff. I had like a whole staff of people still working, you know, so. Look at you. Yeah. Sexy. I'm learning the wet girl. What did the English guys say the first night we were there? Because I was worried. I had never been to Mardi Gras. Like, I didn't know what the protocol was. When we landed and we were walking through everyone with our suitcases, everyone was actually in purple, green, gold. Like, they were decked out. Oh, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. He stopped me and said, hey, mate. I'm like, hey, are you guys from California? I said, Yeah. I knew it. I knew he turned around giving high fives to his friend. I knew it like he won a bet. I knew it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Were that obvious. All right. Yeah. I would not. I would say between, he didn't hear us talk. If he heard us talk, he would have said New York, definitely. But but I think it was just the way we were dressed. Like you had your uh, Rhythm Nation hat on. From I'm like, obsessed with my Rhythm Nation slash Paula Abdul slash Britney Spears. Right. Just like hat. And I was wearing my like hipster corduroy hat. Yeah. And uh we were, I feel like we were wearing armor, like our L.A. armor. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's you know, go back to the minimalist thing. It's just like, what's yours? Like, there's very, I, I have a very distinct look of what is mine, what I do. Yeah. And so do you. And it's just like, it's your protection. And it, it may be just an element that kind of fits nicely in L.A. because it's like, it fit, it's not too casual. It's not too fancy, but it's, it's somewhere in the middle where no one ever questions you in L.A., but... When you go to New Orleans, they look at you and say, holy shit. Hey, yeah. L.A., what are you guys doing? Yeah, we were <laughs> yeah. we were aggressive. I also appreciated the fact that it wasn't like schmoozy or like super like romantic. Like on Valentine's Day, like we went to a cemetery. <laughs> like, Yeah, we weren't be to, trying to be that basic. Yeah, like it wasn't about that. It was just about enjoying each other. And I think that's important when you take a trip because I feel like it was kind of like a slash like anniversary slash valentine's day yeah, like and i was... didn't want it to be like you know we can like i like i said to you again i'm like i really honestly like hon i don't want to just bring you roses or, and and some flowers and and a, ca- a card and a candy but he and still I, did, does I, that. Did, I did i did a little thing just just as so a joke happy i honestly was like oh shit i don't know if i should get him anything but I did, and thank God, because he got me stuff, and like we, bu- it was like Christmas morning. But they were small. It was like it was literally, yeah, it was literally a card. Deal. It was a nice, cute card yeah. with a small three chocolate thing because it was like that's what I. But then you have to do that when you're home and not going to, to, to New Orleans. You have to do that on like a ten time bigger level, just because you're trying to like make up for it. But I didn't want to have like it a very basic baloney valentine's day and it just happened to also work out it's almost like the universe worked perfect for us totally i want to give a shout out to the movie when a stranger calls we watched it Uh, 1979 1979 we watched it on the plane on the way home and there is a famous line from the movie if you've ever babysat at anyone's house where the babysitter keeps getting these phone calls and it's just this man's voice that says, have you checked the children? Right. Yet? It's basically where that came from. I know everyone like know the urban myth and old stories and it's probably ghost stories that people tell around. But this this movie is where it started, where some girl just picks up the phone and the guy's like, have you checked the children? And she's like, stop calling me. And then like. 
And then he calls back, Ring, I really think you should check the children. And she calls the police and she's like, officer, why, somebody's calling me. Can we trace the call? And he's like, yeah, we'll do our best to do it. Just try and keep him on the phone. And next time he calls back where she's all freaking out, she's like, I want to put your blood all over me. Why don't you check the children? And then all of a sudden she's like, she's like, she's like stop, stop calling me. She hangs up and then all of a sudden she's like, you know, really angry at this point. And then she, the, the phone rings again. She picks it up. She's like, that's enough. Stop calling me. He's like, hey, this is the police. That call's coming from inside the house. And everyone just loses their mind. And the music is so dramatic. It's so scary. When I was nannying for a certain boy bander, the whole back of the house was windows, which is so fucking well, that's scary at like, night. That's a lot like uh, Scream. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's Scream all the way. And if I had seen when a stranger calls before, like prior to nannying, I I would have lost my mind. Well, like let's this, be honest, the rest of the movie is kind of shitty. Yeah, it's kind of. But I mean, shitty. it's like they ha- it had its moments, and back it's back then the late seventies, early eighties when you did a horror movie, all you had to have is like one or two good scenes, and it was considered a big hit. Oh yeah. And that uh, that first the first uh, three minute four, uh, first five minutes of that movie is a hit. And the last two minutes is kind of a, like it looked like they just stuffed a bunch of shit in the middle that didn't make any sense when they were chasing around a psychopath who looked like he could have been a librarian. Yeah, it was very weird. <laughs> weird. Yeah. The point of that whole story yeah. is we watched it on the plane. The plane landed. We missed the last 20 minutes of it. And we've been obsessed for the past three days with watching American Horror Story and When a Stranger Calls. And last night we were like, OK, let's finish When a Stranger Calls. And... Right in the middle of it, Tommy decided to go get ice cream <laughs> and leave me alone in his apartment. Well, I already saw so- this bar and I was like, I need to go get ice cream. <laughs> and I get back and I have ice cream for her. She's like, I don't want any. I'm like, what's wrong? And she gave me just like all of a sudden, like now I was like, why would you go get ice cream? Like, <laughs> like it was very abrupt. Like, like I was going out and I was seeing my other family in the middle of fucking, in the middle of this movie. Like I was going to see my other family and get ice mind. cream. Meatballs, does anyone else like lose their mind about certain things? I have a... She does. Here's another I, thing. My phone rings, folks. Here's another thing. My phone ring. We're out. We're waiting on a corner somewhere, <laughs> right? My phone rings and I just look at it. It says 917 area code. I put the phone down. And I could just look because I'm, I'm a very I have great energy, a great sense of. Energy. I think he's an empath. Yeah, I'm extremely empathic. So, but we can get into my other spiritual weird show. Come follow me somewhere the else. Next time you're on. But anyway, I'm looking at this thing, and um, and and I, her face just changes, her mood changes, her body language changes, and then she doesn't talk for a while. <laughs> and then we have we the, the the you know the car comes and I, we get in and I'm like, holy shit, she's not talking to me. Hey, Jacqueline, what's wrong? What happened? What what just switch? And she's like nine one seven area code. Like she looked over my shoulder and saw nine one seven. She knows that we live in a nine one seven area, New York City, whatever. At twelve thirty, who's texting you at twelve thirty? What's her name? And what this bitch and blah blah. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? And I opened the phone. And I said, look at this. That's Jim, the guy whose car went right now. It's Lyft. Lyft sends you a message when it's here. And she lost her mind over the, the Lyft message. It. Yeah, crazy, crazy person. I'm not. Okay. I'm dealing with a crazy person. I. Did what any woman would do. No, you wouldn't. I kept you my would... cool. No, you didn't, I didn't keep your cool. Fight in front of the driver. I literally shut down. Yes, I shut down, but I didn't embarrass you in front of anyone. Right, <laughs> I well, waited. Yeah, but you made me feel like some type of pervert. Yeah, for, the, for, for getting a text from the lift. I waited until we were in an enclosed space, an elevator, <laughs> and I was like, "Who the fuck is nine one seven? You were like, "What?" <laughs> What is happening? Here? I'm what, so what, what, confused. <laughs> because no, I use Lyft 
917, like my lift is normally like a 213 area code. Meatballs, anyone, I hope someone can res- relate to this. No, you can't. No nope. craziness. <laughs> I hope not. I like meatballs. They seem like good people. They are Don't really be good crazy, people. I meatballs. love the meatballs. But for some reason, I saw 917 and I was like, who the fuck is texting him That's from 917? Yeah, New York City at 1230, which is like 330 in the morning, New York City time. Anyway, probably some Uber became, driver who can't sleep thinking about me. It must be. So now on the trip, like we took lifts in New Orleans. Nice. Like every, and I use lifts all the time. So now every time I get a bling, you lift here. I'm like, oh my God, she's calling again. <laughs> I'm like, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, she's calling me again. <laughs> He's like 917. 917. It must like, be that broad that I'm sleeping that bitch around to with. Calm down. I'm going to murder her. I'm not though. I don't. I don't, I love Lyft drivers. You guys are great. My Lyft driver today, when I was getting out of the car, handed me three incense sticks that yeah. were cherry flavored. Maybe knew like, you were coming here. Have a great day. I think he telepathically knew because you're into this stuff. Anyway, guys, guess what else we're into? Sports. We're doing just enough. Just enough. And I finally have bam, bam, the guest. You, you need to get like a song here. I know. Just enough. Maybe the Maybe sandwich like shit can sandwich produce a song. Yeah, shit sandwich. The sandwich. Whatever their name it's is. A band, it's a band. It's My a band. band. Michael anyway, the person that usually informs me on most of your just enough topics is sitting across from me. Uh, Olympics. We... We really didn't watch because we no, were in New we Orleans. Missed, we pretty much missed all the Olympics. We were the worst. We were in New Orleans, and I didn't really honestly because I, I I don't I don't do really well in the cold. Okay. And generally, I didn't grow up playing these things. Like my I, my our thought and my if my sister Angela listened to this because she might be. I hope she still is. I don't know. She's thinking to herself. <laughs> we joke around about this like all oh, those rich assholes used to come in, come into school with their down jackets on with all the ski lift tickets connect, uh, I'm not clipped a big onto skier. the button. I right, never they used related to, come to that. With the, with the zippers clipped on the zipper with their ski lift tickets from like Vail and Ver- Vermont, and I'm like, fuck these people. And so yeah, we weren't big skiers or skaters. I can't ice skate. So to me, like I can't relate to any of that shit. Okay. You know, I don't do well in the cold. I have my hands get you know. I have according according to MD M M WebMD WebMD. Yeah, I have some disease um, that doesn't allow me to like to be in the cold. Right, my hands and feet. Yeah. And thanks for finishing my sentence. It's really cute. <laughs> and uh, and so I never related to these sports, so I don't really care. Plus, we were in New Orleans. The last thing I wanted to do was like sit down and watch another sport. I don't like, want to watch a Olympics. guy skiing and shoot we're, something. I, um, I root for America, but I didn't. No, we were olympically trying to just downgrade. Right. And I have a friend who was. I have a couple friends who are Olympic gold medalists. I have a new plyo gym instructor who has won two Olympic gold medals. But by the summer? way, summer. Summer, right. yeah. I know not winter. winter. Yeah. And they're, they're I prefer the winter. Pop- they're very popular. Yeah. Right. I prefer Winter Olympics. I figure skated for a year during the Nancy Tanya debacle. I did. And everyone made fun of me because I was so scared of falling that like I would do anything humanly possible to not fall. So I created a lot of weird amoeba-like shapes on the ice. No, so. you're so freaking weird. I, like, I Honestly, <laughs> now I just think you're weird. You think I'm weird? Yeah, you don't figure skate. I did. No, you didn't. You, you need to talk to Bob Shellen and Phil. All right, I'll ask him. Speaking. What a disaster. Of Phil Marfuji Sr., he has a question for you. Guys, my dad. Oh, my God. Has a question. You don't understand what kind of pressure this is when when, when the girl you're dating, dad's got questions for you live mm-hmm. on air? I know. Hit me with air. it, Phil. Yeah. Phil Marfuji Sr. wants to know how... Could you be from New Jersey and be a St. Louis Cardinals and Dallas Cowboy fan? Whoa. Good question. Right? Really good question. 
to, I am a diehard St. Louis Cardinal fan. And I grew up in the shadows of like, yeah, Yankee Stadium, Shea Stadium, the Mets play city now. And my family are on to those other sports. But I, it was a middle child thing where if my brothers loved the Mets, I was going to root for the team who they hated to play more than anything in the early 80s and the 80s. And that was the St. Louis Cardinals. And um, uh, Ozzie Smith was my favorite player. And Tony Pena is who I, I mirrored my catching days after. Uh, and he was a Cardinal and the Cardinals just stuck with me. And it was just in my mind. And I've been to the world series when they were several world series. I've been to uh, games. I would go to Bush stadium once a year. It was like a little pilgrimage for me, uh, the history of the game. And I just became a huge St. Louis Cardinal fan. And it's, I just love them. Uh, and the Dallas Cowboys, same thing. We, when you grow up with giant fans and you really want to piss them off and you want to be different, you middle child step aside from, you don't realize this stuff until you're older folks, but uh, you want to really want to piss cow- uh, giant fans off? You root for the Dallas Cowboys. Seriously, and they are, and and I like the Cowboys in the eighties. So I don't want to. I actually love Deion Sanders in the eighties because well, he, he was did in the eighties. Great... Okay, he was nineties. Uh, in the eighties was like. Uh, um, I wasn't really born yet. Danny White, Danny, yeah, Danny and Randy White, and Two Tall Jones, and and they weren't that good in the eighties. They were bad, and the Giants beat them a lot in the eighties. And in the nineties. Finally, we got our say, you know, and then when I was going to college and stuff like we were Dion winners. had the best end zone dance. I right, but he seen. had swagger before anyone cool. had swagger. He was yeah. just cool. Just like he was like a a good and he was done playing football. He was like it. an Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown. That's where all these guys the got their 90s. swagger from. Yeah, it's Earl, true. Dion they, he's Sanders. like the father of it. Yeah. And then when he was done after he played football and kicked ass and won, he'd go in a helicopter and go play baseball. How cool was <laughs> that? Professional baseball. I know. So, yeah, those are my teens. I'm sorry, Mr. Senior, Senior Marfuji. I know. Phil. Uh, Mr. Marfuji. But, I hope uh, you're listening, Dad. If he is listening, he under, he has to understand that, like, what kind of man would I be to change now? At my age, after something that, that was ingrained in me that I fell in love with when I was six years old, I can easily be a Rams fan, and I root for the Rams. You had I season do. tickets. I root for the yeah, season tickets. I root for the Dodgers when the, when the Cardinals are in it. But if I have a choice in between my Cardinals and my Cowboys, it's always going to be them first. Yeah. And then everyone else after. I mean, L.A. is my, my chosen city to live and where I live. But those those are ingrained in my heart and my blood since day one. Have you worn the New York Giants socks I bought you six months ago? I have not. Uh, I let you wear them for a couple of photo shoots. They're killing it on Instagram right now. Oh yeah, those are, those are hot. They're good. <laughs> They're good. So, are you ever going to wear those? Uh, yeah, if I have to. Did you like the commercial with Eli? It was my favorite part of the Super Bowl, even though I didn't it watch was. any of the Super Bowl. He boycotted the Super Bowl, I guys, and we got into a huge fight about it. I hate the, I hate the Eagles, and I hate the 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 New England Patriots, so I boycotted. And, and that was it. And I stuck to it. And okay. even when I, on my, I have a sports show that I do. I guess we can talk about this now. I do a sports show called. Eight ball sports show. Tell them what it's not about. Sports. <laughs> what else is it not about that's in the title? Eight ball. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, it's about eight balls. Um, eight you're ball- making the meatballs think that you're like an eight ball. No, no, it's not about drugs. <laughs> it's not about cocaine or pool. It's just for our logo Thank is. You. Our, our, here, here, here's our statement. Eight ball sports. It's um, not about cocaine or pool or cocaine, just four guys talking sports. And we need a name from D.C. to um, to Hollywood. To, from, for, yeah, from Capitol Hill to the Hollywood Hills, it's eight ball sports. So that. basically, we have two guys in Washington, D.C., that me and, and uh, Eric Rosenbaum, Michael Rosenbaum's little brother and my good friend, who on the, we're here in L.A., and we have these two guys, Mike Carrar and um, 
and Mark Shea, who are in Washington, D.C., and they're great guys, and they know sports. They used to have a show on ESPN. And me and Eric basically come in the show and just ruin it. And they're trying to keep it on track to talk about real sports, and we talk about, like, who's got the biggest dick in the locker room? <laughs> Not exactly, but, like, uh, tasteless. You're so dateable on this show. <laughs> that, can we cut that out? No. Okay. I think it's great. But that's basically our show. And, like, if it's, it's not for the faint at heart, Eric is a little rough around the edges. You don't listen to my show. I don't listen to yours. Right. It's like so Chrissy Teigen like if- and John Legend. Like, she doesn't know what soundtrack of Fifty Shades of Grey his song is actually on. Exactly. It's so, I mean, But the point is, our show is actually for real sports fans. But it's not even about sports. It's more about four guys breaking each other's balls, just like they would in a bar. Um, so I don't, I don't know that your audience I like would, listening to it on flights. Right. I don't know, I don't know necessarily that, that your audience who likes a little bit of sports would want to talk about sports. But if you, you, love, but if you like it. ball busting yeah. and, 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 and beating each other up and, and picking on each other, we actually use the eight ball that you shake for predictions. Which I really like. Um, and Not very accurate. But I think for meatballs out there that aren't that into sports, it's a good inside look. And also, or inside listen, also... It's really cool to hear how guys actually talk, and that's what I respect about your show. I think yeah, it's a we great just basically it's like this thing. is how dudes will talk to you when there's no one around, and they'll be like, "Oh shit!" Like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is banging." Uh, uh, who's the, who's the, the race car driver now? Danica Patrick. Danica, pa- Danica Patrick. But they're lovingly. Like, that's sports, they're, but they're not. Let's not say they're banging. They're in a relationship. Oh, like, yeah. let's be cool. But then we talk about like, oh my God, you throw Olivia Munn aside for, yeah, for her. Like, and- if you guys want the guy's perspective on stuff, then I definitely are. Right. And it's not, we're not it. professional athletes. We're probably the guys who got picked last. And so, and it's so funny because we get these messages when people are like, I can't believe I'm listening to a show about, uh, with a bunch of guys who got picked last in, in uh, dodgeball. And you're like, fuck yeah, we were, but and we don't he, care. This is the right. Fun and, then, and then he's like, oh, it. but I have a question. You know, so it's just kind of like yeah. guys shooting shit and having fun. Now, the I hope new, that's the, what this is for you meatballs. Right. We're just shooting the shit and having fun. And my new show is basically going to be The Answer Machine, and it's just going to be uh, me and Eric, the other L.A. version, uh, the other L.A. counterpart I have, who's really out there. Uh, really interesting guy. Uh, we basically are just going to answer phone calls. Eric like, Rosenbaum? Eric Rosenbaum. And uh, it's me, uh, at Tommy Caprio, and at Eric, who doesn't use social media because he's shady as shit. And basically, I'll give you my brother doesn't this? use it. You want to ask me a question? You want to talk to me? Call me at one eight three three two six six seven six six seven. That's one eight three three two six six seven six six seven. And if you leave a message, you're basically giving me the rights to um, use it on my podcast. But basically, me and Eric are going to have a show when we listen to Answer Machine. Uh, we listen to our Answer Machine. Literally, just like the old days. We I'm just, just going to write in when I have questions for you that I don't feel like asking you. I'm just going to do different voices and leave messages. Oh, you could. We are, I'm sure people are going to do the same thing. We already started getting them, and I just put out a basic thing on my you Twitter. You have? Yeah. Anything weird? Anything you all, can all weird. drop if you, if you, it, We'll talk about if we can drop it in later, but uh, yeah, it's all weird. You know so, what I want to drop in, actually? Hold on. Cause I'm going to let you plug some stuff at the end, obviously. I want to drop in what just happened at the NBA All-Star Game. Do it. Meatballs. I don't know about you. I'm a big Fergie fan. I've been a fan of Fergie since Kids Incorporated Mm. in, I want to say, the early 90s. You got a Fergie thing going on, too, babe. Do I? Yeah, a little bit. That's cute, though. I think the older I get, the more it happens. 
I literally walk down the street in New York and guys are like, Fergie. And I'm like, that's awkward because a lot of people talk about that. Maybe that's not the nicest thing to say. I think she's hot. I think she's cool. I love her music. But did anyone else witness this? Rock laughing, LeBron dying laughing. Oh my! I okay. There's a lot I want to say on this topic. I'm sorry, guys, we're going longer. I knew that was going to happen. Um, okay. So Fergie sang the national anthem for the NBA All Star Game. It was the first time since 2011 that the All-Star game was at the Staples Center. So all the people came out. Even Blue Ivy Carter was there. Yeah, like ruined the whole city, by the way. Just like it, everything was crowded. It was it was a lot. I was at a NBA All-Star party uh, produced by Doucet, Jay-Z's Liquor Company, on Saturday. And it was a shit show, but pleasantly surprised by Doucet. I'd never had it before, and now I really enjoyed Doucet with soda and a splash of lemonade. Anyway, I digress. Um... So, uh, that national anthem is now being billed as the worst or scariest national anthem in history. Uh, the person who had that title before that was Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr during a baseball game. Right? During, a, during the World Series, she grabbed her, her yeah. Pikachu, and she even tweeted... <laughs> Who saw Fergie's national anthem performance at the NBA All-Star Game? I think mine was better and more low-key. <laughs> All right, Roseanne. That's I don't crazy because one's Let's... actually a real singer and the other one's a complete comedian and the comedian did it better. You think so? Yeah, I think she, uh, Fergie apologized. She's like, I, I was trying to be different. I don't buy that bullshit. I think she was high and drunk. Um, first of all, she didn't apologize. Hold on. No, she made an explanation. She said, I'm going to read the explanation. Go ahead. You do it, babe. She you said, know, "This is your show." <laughs> no, I can't wait for your your snap. You're coming back. on. You're coming on. April your clap you. back. Your clap back. That's going to be good. Clap back. Okay, Fergie said, "I've always been honored and proud to perform the national anthem, and last night I wanted to try something special for the NBA. I'm a risk taker artistically, but clearly this is a rendition that didn't strike the intended tone." I love this country and honestly try my best. I like that. That's I apology. Um, is it an apology? Uh, I think she was just be. explaining it. There was no I'm sorry in there. And coming from a woman, it's very hard to say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to quote Justin Bieber, is it too late now to say I'm sorry? Uh, I feel like Fergie should say I'm sorry. She should. Was... No, she shouldn't say I'm sorry. Listen, she's an artist. That's what she does. It, it was just sounded... really bad. I, I, I just think it's great comedy. The, the looks on, <laughs> we on needed the, that. the players' faces. I mean, it was oh. such, it's such a stuffy weekend, just so people can understand. It is like, I don't know, it's like, it's like a first Oscars that comes in here. I don't know, it's like a black Oscars, I guess you can say. It's like a, um, it, it's just like a, a, a hip-hop Oscars. 
And anyway, it's, it's just like, like the BET Awards was right, and it and it's fun, it's and, really fun though. And the town like, is kicking, cool. kick and there's a lot of traffic, and people did a bunch of different parties on the side. Yeah, coming to blast. It's just great. It, the Tuesday so party was actually really, really fun. And it's great for the city. Yeah. And it's like real, but it's real stuffy and a little highbrow for a basketball game. Yeah. Which they, which is a total joke to begin with because you have like two guys picking their own teams. and I mean, no one really wants to okay, be there. Okay, for anyone that doesn't know what the NBA All-Star Game is, it's LeBron James was the captain of one team and then Steph Curry was the captain of another right, and, and they, they get to pick. They, get, they picked out of the guys who were technically considered All-Stars that were voted on from the fans. Yeah. So it's kind of a joke to begin with. So anyway, this is nice. She comes in there and it looks on these guys who are trying trying to be serious, professional, <laughs> and there's like, oh, no, 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 with her hand over her but heart, and like, all of a sudden, like, Draymond Green's face, <laughs> and just like, he just, he just like, he just started laughing, and the guy next to him had his head down, it's like, you know, like, everyone can relate to this, but the greatest feeling in the world is trying to hold on a laugh in a place where you're not supposed to laugh, when you know cameras are on you, and you know people are watching, some of the, it's- some of the greatest times of my life was with me and my friend just losing our mind. Oh, yeah. Like, and in and, and, and a classroom or some serious situation and just the air is coming out of your mouth. And you're just like, this is a buggy happening. <laughs> it is buggy happening. <laughs> like, it was one of the... Like, oh, my God. Like, right <laughs> like, Jordan was there. Oh, like, no. <laughs> it was the best facial reaction. Jimmy Kimmel's face. <laughs> Jimmy, we're used to Jimmy. I f- love Jimmy and the Kimmel family, but we're used to Jimmy crying if, like, he's creating a reaction. Right. This was him just, like, yeah, trying back, like, to hold in a laugh. And, and it's so fitting. I, I mean, was, I'm not going to get political here, but it's no. so fitting. It was great. It was honestly Michael Strahan this morning. I think um, whatever show he hosts was like I every show. You mean every, every show, show he, hosts? he hosts a lot of shows. He was like, I needed a cigarette after that performance. Honestly, for me as a musical theater performer, it was like I think she was trying to channel Liza Minnelli from like a night out after Studio Fifty Four, right. just like on all the things just like trying to like cabaret it up and it just fell flat it didn't work no, no. it did not work it's beautiful it's but beautiful. all the reactions it's great worked. for comedy it's great for comedy oh my god chris rock's face are you kidding <laughs> what his face oh god it was so good like dave Chappelle was there kevin hart spike oh Lee. yeah she she was funnier than all of them can she ever be was, she killed it and then today i love seeing all the pictures Josh Duhamel just swooped in. He's like killing it on his Taco Bell commercial thing, but he was like, "This is." Oh, what was that? That was the other best part of the Super Bowl. Yeah. I would, I would skip the Super Bowl for that. The a real movie of the Taco Bell. I really thought commercial. it was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was really excited. You know what else I thought was a movie? There was an Australian commercial. Did you see that? No. Uh, Jim Jeffries was telling me that he's like, I can't believe I didn't get in this movie, and it was like a, basically um, a movie with every Australian actor and actress. Is like do it. They did like a fake. They did like a movie. Pre, uh, a, a movie. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah, baby, a movie trailer, which wasn't really a movie, but more of an Australian advertisement for people to go to Australia. But oh. it looked like a real movie, and it was just like everyone. It was it was called Son of Dundee, <gasps> right? And it was like oh. and like all the all the, the the two brothers, the two handsome brothers there, uh, the Hemsworth. Hemsworth were both in it. I just would really hope the cast of Lovers, but like the old cast members, like Kylie Minogue and Natalie Imbruglia, like the. You, you're looking at me like I'm clueless. Yeah, I'm clueless right now. Okay, this is something, Meatballs, I'm sure you all know this. The cast of Lovers, there's a lot of like famous celebrities that were on the Australian soap opera. Right, okay. Like back in like Right, well, the there were some 90s. of them, I'm sure. But basically, Jim was like, how the hell did I not... 
get in. Like, I'm the biggest Australian comic in history, and I didn't get asked to do this. I think you guys should do a parody of it on your show. Yeah. Yeah? No? Uh, Speaking of the Jim Jeffrey show, what do the meatballs have to look forward to? March 27th, we are back. For the new season. New season, season two, the Jim Jeffrey show. March 27th, we're on Comedy Central at 10.30. Set your DVR. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook. We have a little thing called Gym Bits. And it's basically, it's it's it's, it's our version of um, political satire, news, Jim's point of view on, on social events and uh, and, and, and the world, world events and, and politics. And we have field pieces that go along with every show where we go around the world and take a look at something that's that's happening from a different perspective. But Jim's, but it's hilarious. And uh, in our first season, we got a bunch of uh, nominations for awards and... Uh, we're feeling really confident about it and feel yes, really great about the show and having that. fun. Yeah, thank you. And if you're ever in LA, you should come to a live taping. Yeah, they're, they're free. Really live fun. tapings are free. Uh, you can let me know. I can even get you on the list, and you can come here, and I'll I'll, I'll meet you personally. Tommy Caprio, I don't want to take up more of your time. He's flying out to New Jersey tonight, so I'm sorry for yeah. taking. Yeah, no, no, you're not taking time. any of my time. I'm packing and you're doing all the out things. With the, with the peanut. With the peanut. Where did peanut come from? That's another nickname. I don't know. Just like a peanut are small and cute in the small. I'm okay with it. But what's our mating call? It's you go peen. Do it. I go, hey, peen. Is. <laughs> like I call it peen for peanut for short. And she goes, is. Like I, I got to be calling her penis. Hey, penis. I like peen. It's like, hey, peen. It's like peanuts, which are cute and tiny. But then I brought it somewhere else. Anyway. Ruined it. Um, I didn't ruin it. It makes you laugh. It's fine. Uh, what I do want to say, or actually, no, what I want to find out is where do you see yourself in five years? That's a hard question. You really kind of hit me with that. I don't well, know. I, I just want to be, uh, my, my main goal is to be happy and career-wise, I'd like to have a, another two, three shows on the air and sitcoms and and um, and uh, personally, I'd like to just be in a place where I'm comfortable in a home and set up where I can, you know, have a retirement and see a life for myself to, to relax and get out of the game for one day. By yourself? Uh, no, no. With Hopefully with... Uh, Somebody that I love and uh, and and things are going well and. What's her nickname? Peen. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, and and that, and and just also have the have have her uh, or have the peen have a, a something in her life that she is uh, happy with and content with and making some making money with and feeling that she is um, contributing to the world doing and uh, yeah maybe family. Little peens walking around. Little tiny peens. <laughs> tiny peens. <laughs> yeah, those are those are things. You know, I, I try to do it every day because you start thinking too much about the future, and that leads to anxiety. Start thinking about the things you don't have. That leads to depression. Uh, the depression is about the past. Anxiety is about the future, and so you just try and live today uh, the best that you could. Uh, so I don't think about five down, five years down the road. Uh, but I'm not an idiot. I prepare for. I try to be prepared to be comfortable. You know, I don't live outside my means, and I don't. Um, I don't live too scared because you have to take chances, you know. I love that. You are much better with money than I am. You're a budget guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, not intentionally, and I appreciate that. I, I count beans for a living, and I also know when it's a shitty deal. Yeah, it's good. I feel like you need a yin and a yang. Maybe. Did you have fun today? Doing this? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had fun today at work, but I also had fun. <laughs> I had, had fun doing this. Did I you have fun this. on the What's Your Jersey podcast? No, I love it. I 
I listen. I have listened to the show, obviously, and I'm I'm honored that you would ask Ish. me to do it. And I I know I'm I'm sorry that your ratings are struggling because of me. <laughs> I really do, I do, really do like no, RX bars. Not. I'm not important. I'm not that. I'm not a big star. I'm not a huge comedian. I do a pod. I do podcasts because uh, I enjoy hearing the sound of my own voice. <laughs> no, no, I enjoy uh, having a voice uh, about. I enjoy I'm hearing about. your voice. Cool. Guys, my goal is to get Tommy to take one of my plyo jam workout classes. Yeah, I, you know what? She always tries to get me to do some type of workout and type of, some type of things. But I do. Is that workouts annoying? Workouts are like rehab. Is that it annoying? Has to be, workouts are like rehab. It has to be your idea. You have to be ready for it. And so I've been putting off like class pass and okay. all that stuff. Yeah, you did have. Do you get more questions okay. coming in? I got a question that came in from Oh. Oh, what's your... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You had questions? No, somebody from 8-Ball Sports actually What did they asked, say? And then this may be just a ridiculous question. 8-Ball Sports. I, it says, Talk what does Jacqueline think about the... Who do you think... The, who does Jacqueline think the Browns will take in the... This came from at Shea Crew. <sighs> who does Jacqueline think the Browns will take in the first pick overall? And do you guys have draft parties? How much of how much of the combine do you watch? Shea Crew is shitting all over my vibes right now. No, and I basically I'll answer this the way we answer on Eight Ball Sports, and what we plan on answering on the answer machine is fuck you, Shea Crew. <laughs> fuck you, Shea Crew. <laughs> Just stick that question up your ass. Yeah, that's a stupid question. No, no question is stupid. But no, that one for you was dumb. You can ask me that, and I would give my opinion. So not on brand with anything, but like I appreciate the reach out. I appreciate. The to listen if he's listening um i also want to say this is something that we didn't talk about but i want to say that it's really sad to me on valentine's day i want to give a mention to um the marjorie stoneman douglas high school students and teachers that were unfortunately killed in the shooting and I want to say thoughts and prayers with you guys. And to anyone that's not aware of this, they're doing a national school walkout on April 20th at 10 a.m. They want all the students to go into school and then sit outside peacefully, make some noise, talk about their feelings and what's going on. Um and one of the quotes says, we are students, we are victims, and we are here for change. So I just want to say if there's anything we can do to support and whatnot. Yeah, I, um, I, I feel bad, and I, and, and I hate to say this, but um, I'm not going to get my thoughts and prayers anymore. I'm done with that. You're done with it? I'm what done are you with doing? thoughts and prayers. Uh, you know, as you know, the Jim Jeffries, Jim Jeffries in general became, you know, he became a, a, a nationals and a United States national um, name because of his stance on gun control and his com- a whole comedy bit based on gun control. Yeah. Um, so we're really big on this. And we made a statement in one of our last scenes is like, you know what? It's come to the point when you can keep your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. You know, let's have some action. And that's what that walkout's about. These exactly. kids, these it's kids are done. Action. And even the kid said himself, thanks for your thoughts and prayers, senators and assholes who take money from the NRA and don't give a shit and blah, blah. And I'm not going to be a gun. I'm, I'm now anti-government in general. But but I used to be more more liberal on this, and I still am. But like the thoughts and prayers thing is getting old. When it, you clearly don't even try to do something, just try. If it doesn't work, then what's the worst can happen? In Australia, they had a mass shooting. They 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 put a whole ban on these guns and clamped down on laws. They've had none since. China's got billions of people who they don't give anyone guns to. They have none of that shit. Some guy went into a stabbing spree in a, in, a, in an office one day. And how much how many people can you kill with a knife, right? And so. 
and I and I'm sure you. I don't want people to hate you on this because I don't know what your listeners might be from all over the world, and there's going to be people who are gun gun people, and and that's fine. I'm all about you having a handgun for your home to protect your house and your family. Mm-hmm. But we need to start talking about these these weapons that shoot massive rounds and that are not used for hunting. They're not even legal to use for hunting. That unless it's a military grade weapon, shouldn't be bought or sold. And so I'm, you know, I when people the other day were like your thoughts and prayers, and my idea is to stick your thoughts and prayers up your ass. I'm done with, you know, I don't. That's Are nice. Are you telling me to stick my thoughts? And you prayers can stick up your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> I mean, I was praying say, for those but kids if I, if I had on a victim, our trip. If I had a child who was a victim you would or be at like, school, I'd be like, you know what? Yourself. Stick your care. thoughts and prayers up your ass. Somebody do something. But at least us talking about it right now is raising awareness right. well, on the podcast. Every time. How many times do we have to raise awareness? At some point. I agree. And it's become way too casual and way too normal. Right. We we did, were, there was a backstory. We didn't even talk about it. We My mom even... was on the phone. She was like, oh, yeah, there's another shooting. And we were like, yeah, welcome to America. Yeah. Who won the game? That's the sad and part, that's the sad is part. that this is like reading a Just Enough article, and yeah. that that's what makes me sad. Anyway, but, uh, I just but I wanted do, to say... I, but I, we're sorry to hear we that. We are so sorry to hear that, and we are for banning a lot of things, and you guys can write in at what's your jersey podcast at gmail.com for comments or anything you want me to talk about. Um, main squeeze. My turn? Yeah. Am I, am I, am I going to... I want you to pimp yourself out. Is there anything else you wanted to say or anything? No, I just want to say. Listen, I I, I love your about? your audience. Seems like great people. If they wanted to follow me or know more about me or see the type of things I tweet about or or, or see the things that go on our show or learn about the podcast that I'm doing, like it's really simple. I'm a Twitter guy, so I'm at Tommy Caprio T O M M Y C A P R I O, um, and my Instagram is at Tommy underscore Caprio. Uh, if you want to hear more about the the show that I work on currently right now, it's the at Jeffrey show on Twitter and at Jeffrey show basically on Facebook and Instagram. And, and you can see little clips of the type of things we do. Uh, and, and, and the show that I'm really enjoy doing with my friends, if you really are interested in sports or you have a guy in your life who is uh, at eight ball sports show on Instagram and at eight ball sports show as well on Twitter, where you can you can we answer questions all the time as well uh, about sports and just the basic ball busting. That's fun. I have a question. Go ahead. Okay, for the meatballs, if you're dating, just starting to date a guy who's really into sports and you don't give a fuck about sports, what do you do? I don't think there's anything you have to do. I think guys don't like honestly. You don't you don't need to have the same hobbies. You don't, you don't want to, like, listen, if you want to just be the girl who dresses up cute once a year to go to a game to just feel like part of the action, don't force it. Uh, guys, we're okay with you not, we're having our thing and your thing. Yeah. Like, if we talk right now, I was like, babe, I'm going to the World Series because the Cardinals are in it. And you're like, all right, that's cool. I don't think you give a shit. If I'm going to go with my friends and do something I care about. But you like baseball. So we like to go to Dodger games and stuff like that. But, but I wouldn't be in, insulted if you were like, I don't want to go, you know? You'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. I think I think most women feel like that's going to make them cool or whatever. But you know what? I think also the stuff that Jacqueline's doing, like just a tip. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Just the tip. I mean, just enough. <laughs> like that's just enough. Like if you can be like, oh my God, did you hear about like that today, for example, here's just enough for you. They're changing the rules of Major League Baseball to make oh, it faster. Oh God, we didn't talk about this. Like, and you. I'll do it real fast. Basically, baseball makes new rules to speed up the game today. All right. As our inter- internet impaired intention spans shrink, baseball games in recent decades have gotten longer. It's a problem for Major League Baseball, which struggles to attract younger fans. 
Do you think this even matters? Millennials are millennials. Like everything that's sacred in this country, anyway, is falling to shit because millennials just don't have the attention span. And that's no, not their fault. We're not being. I angry. don't want to blame it on the millennials. Well, that's, what I feel that's like basically all of what Major League Baseball is doing. All of us as a culture, though, don't have right. the attention. It's the internet. Span. It's the internet culture, and it's just like we don't have time for this. Yeah. You know, so baseball is like we got to. So basically, the main rules are like you can't go out to the mountain and visit every time. You got to stand in the box and throw the goddamn balls. You can't have a pitching change. I agree with right. that. Watching baseball is long and right. boring. It's getting, it's getting long and boring. And so what they're trying to do is too much. speed up because we went to a game. There was fifteen innings. Right, and we, the people just don't have the attention span yeah for and so, also they closed the bar and the kitchen at uh, the, the worst ninth the inning worst. like i had to sit through a lot more with nothing so they just made a bunch of rules today to try and speed up the game now this is the type of stuff that we would talk on on our show with on eight ball sports about would be like oh fuck this and you know it just ruined the game and you, you know, so that's kind of i don't think it's ruining the game i think it's i, I think changing it might be, with the times it might be better but i game. think it's yeah, absolutely. much better so the biggest the news basically like you can't go out and visit the mound like they used to and a lot of talking Great. and slowing down which is good perfect so that's the type of stuff that that i think girls on your show would get a tidbit like that and they would come home to their boyfriend and be like wow the changes and they don't have to be like hey honey you want to talk deep just be like no hey i heard they change it change some of the baseball rules and you might even shock him after a long day of work who didn't have a chance to talk about it yeah you know and be like wait a minute i'm gonna go research that really like yeah they apparently they change the rules to speed up the game and that's what they get from just enough with jacqueline <laughs> so yes listen that's a nice plug for them it's a good and line. the last thing i'm gonna plug is i'm going to be doing a show called the answer machine and again, toll free one eight three three two six six seven six six seven, and anyone can call into that number even now because we have a generic message there. But it's going to be called the Answer Machine, and Eric Rosenbaum and I, who can see, who have who have strong opinions on things, we consider ourselves a little little rough around the edges. We'll just give our opinions on it, answer questions, listen to rants agree with people, rant ourselves, and we're just going to have some fun with it. Bring some celebrities on, uh, bring some other comedians on to have a take, and, and they're also going to call in as well. So that's about what I got going on, babe. I love it. You have a lot going on. How many times does someone on your podcast get to call you, babe? No one's called me babe before. And no one ever reaches over and grabs your hand? He's not grabbing my hand right now. No, you better grab my hand right now. That's so cute. So you're you cute. did great. This show is great. You're great at this. <laughs> thanks and, and you know what else is great rx bars <laughs> <laughs> thanks mean squeeze no i think for any of you listening i i hope we've given you insight on career and dating and valentine's day things and where to go in new orleans mm-hmm. and what's up with sports yeah the olympics by the way i don't know if you know this there's a nip slip there's another one yeah, and I missed it, and I missed couples it. Couples dancing, couples ice dancing. Is something happening? Like, are the ratings down? This is the second wardrobe malfunction we've had. Whatever, it's fine. I appreciate it. I think everyone's cute. We'll see what happens tonight. Um. Anyway, uh, Tommy Caprio, my love. Which did you hear my voice crack when I said? You got that? nervous. I got so nervous. That was so creepy. Um, Hello. This is something that that means a lot to me because you and I wish I had said this in the beginning. You were a big uh, cheerleader in me actually starting this podcast, and the name of it came from me driving home from your place, thinking about New Jersey and thinking about us and jerseys and just all the things you proposed a question to me and I think it was your producer brain saying this but you were like if you had your own show like what would it be about and like what would you want to do with it 
And so I want to say grazie. Grazie Thank you. for you too. Cause I'm, I obviously started doing it because I'm watching you do it. Like this looks like fun. It is fun. I love doing it. And I love you meatballs. And I love if, you meatballs too. Right? Yeah. We love you guys. Meatballs, come over to my team. <laughs> no. You like the New York Yankees and the New York Giants. Just kidding. Um, I want you guys to listen to Tommy Caprio. I want you to watch the new season of the Jim Jeffrey show dropping March 27th. March 27th, Tuesday, 1030. Tuesday, 1030. Set your DVR. Set your DVR. It's such an awesome show. Also, I have a show I'm producing. Um, you can check all my comedy show dates on social media at Jacqueline Marfuji, but I have a show March 26th at 8 p.m. called Do You Remember This, the musical? It's very hard to say. Um, I play Britney Spears. It's a good time. Anyway, um, I love you. I can't wait to see it. I know. Love you too. I'm excited for this. I love you. You're the best. I hope to to have you on again. I'm talking to you and the meatballs. Okay. Uh, I also want to thank our sponsors, RX Bar and YogaGlow.com. Yoga Glow? Yoga. 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 Yoga glow. I'm doing it. I love yoga. Yes. Yoga is the best. And when you can do it in your own home, it's even better. Um, So I want to thank our sponsors and thank you guys for listening. Uh, That's uh, What's Your Jersey. And I'm Jacqueline Marfuji. And have a great weekend. I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby.